Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I've actually forgotten that for the last couple episodes. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I did, I did notice that. I've, I didn't even notice it until I last re-listened. I completely forgot I did that. Anyway, welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. I watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob, uh, and I haven't watched nearly enough wrestling. And I am your true non-binary ally because I did. I did notice that Austin forgot that, and I was like, "Hey, what the fuck?" I'm very sorry, and to think yeah, Pride very. Month is ne- is in but a week and a half. Oof, oof! oof. You're see, you're this close to getting canceled, motherfucker. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am uh, sorry to the, I've got the, my the, eye on you. I need to apologize to the non-binary gods. I'm sorry, NB. Um, that would be what in wrestling? That's Max the Impaler, I guess. Max the Imp- uh, they're uh, they're the they're the most prominent fucking, non-binary oh, wrestler fucking, I know. Fucking so. uh, uh, Kid Bandit. Oh, you're right. Kid yeah. Bandit is is definitely yes. the non-binary wrestling god. That's correct. Fucking uh, there we see once again. Here I am coming in clutch for our for yeah, our non-binary pals. And and I gotta, I gotta be better the on ball. the ball for this damn, next time. But for Oof. tonight, <laughs> we, we are not doing. This is not related to anything that we're watching not tonight. Remotely. We're just we're just talking we're just talking mad shit at this point. Yeah. So tonight we had la- we had planned to continue we- the critically acclaimed brawl for all. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, the critics definitely acclaimed many things about the ball. <laughs> they they acclaim. I mean, it, it, in in the year of our Lord, what nineteen ninety six seven ninety ninety eight ninety eight. Oh, the year of our Lord nineteen. There were definitely things that critics acclaimed in the year of our Lord nineteen ninety eight. They may not have been the brawl for all, but you know, critics were still acclaiming in nineteen. There were critically acclaimed things in nineteen ninety eight. The brawl uh, for all was in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, uh, I was born in nineteen ninety eight. Coincidence? I think not. We'll have to get our conspiracy boards out for the next episode. True, Pepe uh, Sylvia is all I'm saying. Because last week there yes. was a pretty. A, a pretty monumental moment in wrestling with the passing of superstar Billy Graham, which is and, a name that I've heard bantied about a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is our second ever full. This is honest. This is a, this is a full blown tribute episode. Oh, um, yes. And our first since Brody, since uh, Brody Lee. Yeah. Um, and that one, that one was motivated by me having, you know, having watched a lot of Brody's career. He was still a contemporary wrestler at the time, and it was a big shocking thing. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of like talk about Brody instead of having to talk about some dumb attitude era shit. I think that was what we were doing at the time. Probably. But for this one is more about like, this is a historic death in wrestling to the point where I feel like we should really look deeper into it yeah no uh, uh something you know obviously <clears throat> always always a tragedy uh when someone passed mm-hmm. away even even when they've lived a full life but knowing that this episode was coming i am kind of uh excited because it um i know this is like to talk about billy graham is to dig deep into like the early days yeah, uh tonight the, the, 
contemporary wrestling in its almost infancy. Yeah, tonight we are going way back. Yeah, we are not. We are not going to the WWE. We're not even going to the WWF. We're going to the WWWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Man, I'm so fucking happy they chopped off that extra W. That's that, yeah, that's very. One so it rolls up. The three letters work so much better. I know. But we and, are and 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 the entirety the entirety of of uh, wrestling um, wrestling acronyms has has since felt the shockwaves. Yeah, uh, Rhett is Vince jr even though vince hates that name so i'm just gonna keep saying it <laughs> yeah vince i know I, I i i've been listening to the behind the bastards and listening I, to yeah, i've gotten david right into now. i've gotten david into the media i'm currently consuming that are like here's the history of vince mcmahon and why he sucks and why he's the worst yeah uh, i didn't know billy graham was at least like the kayfabe younger sibling of like another famous wrestler who was like Vince that yeah, Jerry, Doctor Jerry Graham. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Graham. Who that guy is a character, but we're here to talk yeah. about Billy. Yes. So this is still the company. We are going all the way back to 1976. Wow, the furthest back we've ever gone in this podcast. Yeah, may ever go by a country mile. Fuck, the, the furthest back we've gone before this was 1986. So we are going a full decade, decade further in the past than we have ever been Fuck. before. Fuck, dude. That's so insane. But yes, the company is still being run by Vince's father, Vincent J. McMahon, a.k.a. Vince Sr. Vince Sr. The, now, the difference between Vince K. and Vince J. is, as businessmen, minimal, quite frankly. They were both pretty much hard-nosed carny businessmen yeah. the real big difference is that vincent j mcmahon was a big believer in the tradition of the territories he was yeah he was not in the nwa he broke away from them in 1963 because there was a dispute over who should be the nwa champion a thing that cause has caused multiple companies in, in wrestling history to leave the nwa um <laughs> The end but of the- oh, he was all even even after he his company split he was always friendly with the nwa they kind of knew him as an ally to the, yeah and, to the and he, well he apparently served on their board up until his retirement yeah he served on the board um when the feds were poking around the nwa as maybe being a little, a little too antitrust he was <laughs> happy vince was happy to throw his weight around to make sure nobody testified and blew the operation up yeah like dude was not he was dude was as he was as in it as you could be without actually being an nwa company i will say the other thing the other thing the the other major difference i feel like i've uh uh learned about between vince k and vince j is the fact that that uh the latter has a much more easy charm and charisma than his son ever has yeah his yeah his is vince j was just as much of a much of a you know uh you know uh a uh a, a, carny a, fuck. a cheating carny fuck cheap like, ass um, penny pinching you know, but he was so much more easily likable than vince is after especially vince post like a the 90 post the 80s 
Yeah. 90s Vince. 90s Vince. Once Vince. And when the company got bigger, Vince got weirder. Well, well, I love to all the accounts of how, like, on TV in the 80s, everyone always, like, had weird vibes from Vince. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's funny because for me, with nothing to compare it to, it's always kind of been standard to me, but, like, fucking you listening to the, to the ringmaster audiobook like just everyone being like yeah this motherfucker was just really came across as really goddamn weird on camera um on tnt and yeah very- he vince has always been a weird little dude always obsessed yeah. with wrestling and not being very good socially outside that, of that. That, that's one of my favorite things i've really been learning about him is just what a deeply weird gremlin of a man he is Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, he's been new, but like it's fun to have like really explicit confirmation. Sure, but yeah, Vince Vincent J is we're this is a, this is a, a 1976. I don't think he, oh no, he does Vince at this job. Vince K at this job is just an announcer. Yes, he, his dad was like, "You are not getting into wrestling. I work with these people." I know this job. I'm not letting you become a wrestler. But Vince yeah. was like, please, dad, let me have a job at your company. Oh my God. It's so, it's also really nice to know that every bit of daddy issues and, and like wannabe wrestling ism that, that we've joked about with Vince K is all very true. true. Yeah, baby. But you know, Vince, Vince J was very, was like, fine, whatever. You could be an announcer. Yeah. <laughs> especially after his last one was a union man and he didn't and he and Vince J was trying to renege on a pay raise that he prom that he forced him into yes and, but the my favorite detail of that being that when he hired Vince on he hired him at the raised rate he just fired the guy out of fucking petty. for daring to ask for the yeah. raise yeah, petty ass principal, dude. What a prick. Oh, absolutely. But oh. we are not here to get too deep into Vincent J tonight. We're here to talk about Billy Graham. Yeah, yeah. So, Go listen to Behind the Bastards if you want all that scoop. Yeah, so Billy Graham basically was is in many ways one of the one of the most influential wrestlers of all time. Yeah, quite frankly, he is up there in American wrestling with the likes of Gorgeous George and Buddy Rogers in terms of, and even Bruno San Martino as well as kind of like men who constructed the archetype of what we understand modern wrestling to even be like. Specifically, so. in how that how that fits in, as I'll explain, is in the olden time, is that like. Wrestling, it took for his, even though they immediately understood the, the, they pretty quickly came on to the idea of like, what if wrestling was fake? How much more money we could make that way? They didn't immediately make the next connection of like, what if we made them over the bigger characters, right? Like they understood the idea of like, let's create a guy who people like, and let's create a guy who people don't like. Yeah. But that was still very much within this almost basic framework of like, Bad guys cheat, good guys don't. <laughs> yeah, and, like, there seemed to be some understanding of, like, building a framework of characters and, like, giving people fun nicknames to the fans to latch on to, but yeah. not nearly. Not to this degree. Yep. Gorgeous George in the 50s is kind of credited as, like, 
the inventor of the of the gimmick as we understand it as a modern mm-hmm. wrestling fan uh his gorgeous george very much being a character he looks like he's ma mi- he's mildly queer coded the guy has poof, yeah. has frilly frilly outfits and poofed up hair and and you and you were supposed to dislike him for his femininity as a man. Mm, so see what a prissy prissy human that was. Yeah, but superstar was a big contributor to. I think I think why he what kind of made him so big is he is like a pregender to Vince Ju, Vince Junior's specific vision for wrestling, like okay. Billy Graham came out first of all he had a bodybuilder's physique at a time when wrestling <laughs> didn't have that at the time it was either phys- the kind of physique you'd have if you were a legitimate wrestler so pretty muscular but like brawny more than like ripped or yeah. you you looked like a fuck or you looked like a fucking you know a, a dude you would fight in a bar yeah that seems to be about straight right. up beer belly, like, like a like beer belly burly dude in a bar. Yeah, it seems like there was like I I'd heard about like one motherfucker pre um pre uh, uh Billy Graham who was like that. It might have even been like I don't I don't goddamn remember. But he also um, George I, mean, I guess I guess you also be George very Hackenschmidt, lean, right? Um, that's fair. Um, George Hackenschmidt is like the one guy I've heard come before Billy Graham who's like that, who's like a very thick muscle boy yeah um, but yeah but it was billy, far from common sure billy graham was the one who helped kind of popularize like the the bodybuilder physique mm-hmm. in in wrestling and he can and especially he comes out with these big boisterous promos and he comes out wearing tie-dye and hell he is the one who introduced having having listened to a lot of evangelical gospel preachers and around him he thought it was a cool idea to start inserting brother into his promos. Really? Yep. Well, that's fascinating. Listen, Hulk Hogan's gimmick is like 95% superstar Billy Graham's gimmick, but I that just did, made it a baby face. Taking a look at him. He's got I'm the bleached very... blonde hair. He's got the yep. muscles. He's got the colorful getup. He says brother. Sometimes he's got the the very unique uh, uh, facial hair. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's interesting. He also, in some pictures, gives me, like, vague Billy Gunn vibes. But, you know, maybe I'm just crazy. See, yeah. But he he has these big boys, these kind of promos that he apparently that inspired the likes of Dusty and Ric Flair. You know, his look was it inspires J- the guys like Jesse Ventura and Hulk Hogan. Jesus, so like, my man was like the fucking Prometheus prototype. Holy shit! He really was, and the fans latched onto this in a way that had never happened before. Because another thing that. Uh, is that Vincent J did that seems to have been somewhat of a somewhat odd or at least odd to the NWA, right? The NWA was always built on the idea of a top heel champion that the baby faces are all chasing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think part of, and you could, part of that was a bit of a terror, the way the territory system worked. 
is you know you'd have the big the big beat the big bad guy wrestle town to town taking on the local heroes that are the top stars of the regional local territory yeah and that works better than like a traveling hero who goes around and fights the best of the local villains yeah it, it's a lot easier to build up uh kind of makeshift heat with the mm. with the traveling heel i think yeah uh, whereas vincent J was very committed to a top baby face that fights off the challengers you know as you do like now obviously in modern wrestling it's a little less extreme than the way vincent J did it of his time uh yeah. in fact like Billy Graham was the very first WWF champion to not be a transitional champion. And I don't know if I've explained that kind of term before. But basically, a transitional champion is a wrestler. We're basically champion A. Wrestler A is the champion. You mm -hmm. want wrestler B to be the champion. However, you don't want wrestler B to beat wrestler A. Usually the reason for this is because they are both baby faces. So yes. you create, you insert wrestler C, usually a heel, doesn't have to be, of course, to beat wrestler A for the belt. And then he nearly immediately loses it to wrestler B. Yeah. So That's wrestler C gets a bit of credibility because he was a champion and beat the champion before, but he yeah. is not a, a he is they're not trusting him to be to lead to top stardom it's an incredibly structurally flimsy thing to do plot wise unless you execute it really well and really sparingly mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's, you know it's it's a quick it, and easy uh, way to get yeah. to where you want it's a it's a narrative a narrative shortcut just give the belt to this other guy and, and yeah this it. motherfucker i guess who cares who gives a shit but <laughs> Billy Graham was the first, and I'll give you an example of this. Billy Graham was only the seventh WWWF champion ever. Uh, so I'll just go through the lineage of the belt um, and give you and show off like how out unique Billy Graham was for the time. Mm -hmm. So the original champion was Buddy Rogers. He won a fictional tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Yes. Not even the last time WWF would use that gimmick they would also say that pat patterson won the intercontinental title in a fictional tournament in rio yeah. de janeiro yeah sure i feel like i feel like the pat patterson thing was probably under much different circumstances though because wasn't there wasn't the buddy rogers thing because like that was when they split off from the nwa yes, it was stuff, yeah. it was they didn't want is the the nwa wanted the belt to go back to luthez Buddy Rogers, yep. the NWA champion. Vince is like, no, I want Buddy Rogers as the champion. Yeah. There was a big fight over it. And he said, fuck it. Blue Fest can have the belt. We're putting the, we're, I'm making my own company and yeah. we're putting the belt back on Buddy Rogers. And fuck also, uh, and in case it's unclear for, for more newbish listeners, we've been over this in the past, but it's been a hot second. The, the NWA was very like, it was it was a united cartel of multiple different like regional promotions yes but they had a single traveling belt and they were all kind of in cahoots and then there was like the wwwf like orbited around it until yeah they, the nwa they was off. a collection of various territories all across the country they 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 would tell you it was a nice working so, arrangement legitimate for the better of gentlemen. for the betterment of everyone 
it was a, a agreement, cartel uh, because they all conspire to not compete against each other directly uh, in and to basically territory. make things as advantageous as possible for each of them against all of their competition yes. all of their respective competition and obvi- and now they wrestling promoters can't help themselves so if you were on the board <laughs> like the border spaces between territories were always in dispute as guys were always trying to test the waters of how much they could make their territory yeah but you know generally speaking like vince was vincent j wasn't running shows in los angeles or kansas yeah. city for example he okay, had the northeast territory <laughs> He was, that was where he ran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in the NWA champion, how basically all the NWA members kind of worked together to determine who the champion was. Who got to be the champ. Right. And who, like, who the champion is, who's going to beat the champ. They did the booking of that kind of stuff collectively Mm -hmm. as a group. And Vince not, didn't agree with the booking decision. And that caused him to split off. Yes, you do. But anyway, Buddy Rogers was the champion, and he was the uh, the first ever WWF champion. Uh, they recognize now. This is you know this is one of those things of basically there when he how long was he champion and how many days he was recognized as champion are like three different things. As they started billing Buddy Rogers as the world champion on this January twenty fifth, nineteen sixty three. Uh, however, he was not recognized as the first ever WWWF champion until April 11th, 1963, when he first got the belt. And then, but then WWE's history books say do not recognize the start of his reign until April 25th, 1963. Okay, why? I don't know. Weird. But... Whatever. Point is, he was champion for a few weeks. He was champion for either 36 or 22 days, depending on when you want to start that. Yeah. Losing the belt to Bruno San Martino. You might have heard of him. Yeah, where maybe. He would He's proceed to be champion guy. for 2,803 days. Six years, I believe. In some change. Seven. Almost seven. seven. Jesus. Hey, man. Fucking Roman's coming for it. Five more years. Five more years. Don't even talk to me about that. Five more years. Oh, you know what's happening, brother. You know what's and coming then, the Ain't no one touching it. And then in January of 1971, he was defeated by Ivan Koloff, mm. um, who held the belt for 21 days ah. before losing the belt to Pedro Morales. Uh, the forgotten champion of the pre-Hogan era, mostly because he never really came back to the WWE at any point. Pre-Vince yeah. Jr. WWF is a lot of like mythology is a mythologized period where we only really talk about the people who were on good enough terms with Vince Jr. to do business. So <laughs> Pedro was not that guy. And no, I don't know why. Didn't but, Pedro Morales have like a whole thing where he went to Japan or something? I don't remember the specifics of uh, like why we don't talk about Pedro Morales anymore. But he was the champion for a thousand and twenty-seven days. Jesus, that's and so- then he lost the belt 
to uh, Stan Stasiak in December of 1973, who held the belt for nine days before losing the belt to Bruno San Martino, who had the who had another three-year-long reign on top of his seven years as champ, lasting 1,237 days. That's fucking cool. Sorry, I'm like I'm looking. I, I've gone down a rabbit hole of of like, um, I guess Pedro Morales has uh had the most combined days as the intercontinental champ fun fact um interesting yeah uh three people have more combined days than the honky tonk man at his single longest uh right. reign, 454 anyway yeah. sorry the so, rabbit, hole, rabbit hole moment there right so bruno san martino was the champion for 1200 more days yeah you know and then a- in april of 1977 he lost the belt to superstar billy graham oh who damn would hold, who would hold the belt for 296 days damn Fucking and even in the vin- everyone that came before him he reads like a transitional champ <laughs> yeah and even and even in even if you take into consideration Vince and Vince Jr. To be honest, wasn't that much different than his father in terms of like who gets the lengthy title reigns, mm-hmm. because superstar Billy Graham has the second longest heel world title run, has the third longest heel world title run, and the second longest w- heel WWE title run in WWE history. The only Wait, people with the longer other- heel runs than him are Brock Lesnar with the Universal Championship uh, and uh, Roman Reigns' current run uh, as Universal uh, uh, WWE Champion. Um, wait, I thought you said with with uh, any belt, though. With any world title? Oh, any world title. Okay, because I was going to say, again, Honky Tonk Man should be no, that out. With the, with the title. world title. Oh, okay, Billy Graham has the third longest heel world title run so of all time in the WWE. Punk comes very close. But with his 400 day reign, but he only turned heel halfway into the reign. So yeah, like he's not, his days he's not. as a heel champion do not match Billy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is a historic run. And another thing I think worth mentioning is that like Billy Graham was the first long time is another way of like how the game changed with Billy Graham. And I think this leads more into Vince Jr.'s philosophy as well, is that as he was a colorful character, right? And by that, by I mean specifically like what his character was. Because like he Vince Sr., especially for longtime champions, leaned more, I've I've heard it called like the ethnic champion, where your gimmick is I am this ethnicity. And I am a beloved babyface to play to that ethnicity crowd. Bruno was an Italian-American. And again, WWF ran New York, Boston, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Pizza. Forget about it. He was Vince Jr. Vince Sr. was playing to the locals by making the Italian-American his champion for 10 years. Oh, my God. Those motherfuckers would have eaten that shit up and not questioned a second of it. 
And Pedro Morales was Puerto Rican and was a big hit with Latino audiences. Yep. And that's why he was champion for a thousand days. Well, something um, I learned is that uh is that Hogan, Hulk Hogan was was given his surname because it was fucking Irish. And McMahon mm-hmm. uh Sr. wanted some Irish rep out there. So he's like, hey, he was, you now, if Vince, if, Irish if Vince Sr. had still been running the company when Hulk Hogan was on the come up. He probably would have emphasized Hulk Hogan as an Irishman. Absolutely, even though Hogan refused to, to dye his hair red, you know. Right, of course. When when I was an, when I was a boy growing up in Ireland, dude, <laughs> I watched a lot of movies about Detroit, brother. <laughs> RoboCop. You know they were originally going to cast me in RoboCop, dude, but I said no they way. They were going to cast me in RoboCop, dude, but I just didn't have time, brother. I think they, they said I was going to have to shave my beard. And I said, no way, dude. And I Hulk's said, no way, bro. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. I'm proud of, I'm proud Billy... of a part, uh, proud Irish tradition of blonde Irishman, dude. Yeah. So superstar Billy Graham kind of represents a top champion that wasn't playing to an ethnicity. Like that helps that he was a heel, of course. Yeah. But like he was, he was just like his gimmick was more about his purse, his attitude, his attitude, his cocky, arrogant attitude. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's an that's a more like direct connection to the kind of character a Hulk Hogan was. Like, absolutely. Like, again, I think Hulk Hogan is basically the babyface version of superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, it kind of reads like it, except Billy Graham wore pink, brother. And I don't know if I don't know mm-hmm. if the Hulkster would have gone for that. Um, so Billy Graham is the current champion at the time that we're watching. We're gonna watch the June twenty seventh, nineteen seventy seven, uh, WWF episode. Um, and how are we gonna watch it? You might ask. Is yeah. Well, Peacock actually has a few of these old wrestling shows, uh, specifically because specifically from WWE Network, they did WWE Old School, which was basically where they dumped their house shows, their old oh. house show product. Oof, oof, Alan. And because basically, first of all, you need to understand is that all those title changes I just said, none of them were on TV; they were all on house shows. Oh, yeah, I forgot, because this was way back in the day before TV was, like, fucking important to people. Yes. Oh. However, the WWF had an agreement with the Madison Square Garden Network. Uh, If you don't, that is the MSG Network is a regional New York cable channel. That apparently turned into the, the USA Network? No. Maybe I missed. Well, maybe I'm no, there. No, that's a different. The Madison Square Garden Sports Network becomes the USA Network. The MSG Network is a different thing. Okay, I understand. That is that is basically if you are in the local New York area and you watch regularly watch like New York sports teams that play like week not that don't play like the NFL, for example, like the NBA, sure. MLB, hockey, NHL. Like you're regularly gonna probably watching it on the MSG network because they basically broadcast they focus on New York sporting and entertainment events in the New York area. Okay. And and MS and Madison Square Garden, hence the name. But and so WWF had a monthly had monthly MSG shows that were broadcast on the MSG network. 
and a significant number of them uh, more from after Hogan became champion than before um, were put up on the WWE network as under WWE old school and carried over onto Peacock. Well, that's cool that they saved some of that archival footage. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be watching an episode of that, of the WWF on uh, MSG network. Fuck. That's sick. And you know, uh, I'm going to, let's, let's, I'll, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I didn't do a ton of research into like the match types and it matches everything. But I will say though, is that I'll go ahead and announce some of what we're going to watch is that Billy Graham is on this card in a WWF title match with Bruno San Martino. Yeah. Uh, you could argue that this is kind of the end of Bruno's peak. We are kind of nearing that end point, right? Like his peak peak is the sixties when he was the champion for seven years, but then, okay. you know, he's still the champion for three more years in the mid seventies. And he's, he's, but this is like, now that he's lost the belt where he's, we're, we're going to slowly phase away from Bruno being the unstoppable King champion of the company. We're building to Bob Backlund taking that spot. That's so cool. And Billy Graham is basically one of Bruno's last legendary rivals. Yo, whoa, bro. This, this is such a wild fucking who's who of like classic stars who I've heard of, but not seen a lick of content from. Yeah. Fuck. Cause yeah, Backlund was like the last pre Vince Jr. He was the last champ, Vince right? senior champ. Yeah. Like one of Vince Jr.'s very first things he did was have Iron Sheik, beat she Bob Backlund so he could and then be the a transitional to champ to Hogan. Yep. Right. Bob Backlund was the last top guy under Vincent J. You love to see it. And he was, he also kind of fits this, the mold that Vincent J, he was kind of very much an all American boy type. They, yeah. He was doody. like a fucking boy scout ass, right? Yeah. Howdy doody boy scout, which, yeah. They, you know, depending on who you talk to, and I, it's hard to sometimes trust WWF narratives on this. Really? But he didn't hit quite as well as Bruno. And so, well, yeah. and was somewhat upstaged by other top baby faces of his time, like Jimmy Snuka. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because from what I gather, Bruno had kind of like a bit of a more firecracker energy to him. Whereas Backlund yeah. seems very like, Backlund seems very akin to like Cena, from what I understand. Yeah, for a guy reality. who was champion for two thousand one hundred and thirty-five days. Oof. Um, which to be fair, this is weird and confusing uh, because Japan, and I will explain. Um, yeah. That basically he had Bob Backlund had two reigns. And they were turned into one because in November of 1979, he lost the belt to Antonio Inoki. However, Inoki immediately vacated the belt after a yeah, title okay. defense with Backlund ended in a no contest. And so the WWF does not acknowledge Inoki's reign at all. And instead, that's what I was thinking Backlund's earlier. Two reigns as one continuous uninterrupted Boo, reign. Yeah, fuck that. Antonio Inoki, WWE champ. That's what I'm fucking saying. Uh, 
the pre-TV W World Championships can get fucky. There are a significant number of unrecognized NWA title reigns. Antonio Inoki fucking deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Is he? You know, some part of Oh, no, he is. He 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 is. He was inducted in 2010. I'm impressed. Oh, wow. Okay. I would have figured they would have gone completely cold turkey if they refused to acknowledge his reign like that. No, they're happy to like pretend. They're happy to like put in people in the hall that are part of wrestling history, even if they never really wrestled for WWE. But you know, yeah. fuck, fuck you, man. I, I Bob Backlund was champion for two thousand days. You That's so weird you. for the WWE to just be like, we are the arbiter of all wrestling. Here you go, person who's never really worked for us. That's what happens when you win the monopoly race, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, but it's even like fucking internationals, like Antonio Inoki. Like, my man's not American, he lives in Japan. It's just like, at least I have some justification for fucking putting Great Muda in there, because he's a WCW guy. Mm -hmm. Inoki, besides working joint shows with, like, WWF and WCW, was never a part of any company that WWE owns the rights to. Okay, well, I mean, I guess if he worked those joint shows, sure, why not, whatever. But he was doing it as a representative of New Japan. He wasn't doing it as yeah, part of the Yeah, yeah, well, close enough, all right? Uh, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they walked in under our umbrella, we basically own their asses, man. Yeah, of course. Anyway, so Bob Backlund, for a champion, he was there. He was, Bob Backlund wasn't quite the big star you would expect for a guy who has had the belt for 2,000 days. Yeah. But, you know. Anyway, so back to what we're watching tonight, 77. Right, so Bruno versus Billy Graham. So I'm, uh, that's a pretty, mon- all their matches were pretty monumental. Yeah, it's kind of insane. And especially because Billy Graham beat Bruno in Baltimore. He beat him in Baltimore. Uh, yeah, oh, I thought he beat him in Pittsburgh. Because huh. that would have been the real big, like, fuck you. And they probably didn't, they probably did that in Baltimore instead of Pittsburgh, because I think the crowd might have stabbed Billy Graham if they <laughs> did it in Pittsburgh. Oh my god, that would be insane. Apparently, apparently there like the foot there's you can find the match online where he beats Bruno for the belt. And apparently there are a few people in the crowd who look like they're about to pull a knife. Yo. And Billy gets the fuck out of there. Based, 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 based. So anyway, other other uh, let's 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 look into who the other champions in the company at the time were because I mean there were only three belts, so you know at the time it was the WWE title, the Intercontinental title, and the tag title. That is it. Oh damn! I'm surprised they had the tag titles back then. Well, hell, not even the Intercontinental title. That was Pat Patterson won that in 1979. So. All right, who is yeah, the WWE Tag Champions? All right, who is the, let's see, the WWF uh, United States? No, that's not it. It's uh, the Intercontinental. All right, here we go. The World Tag Team Championships. Who would have been the champion, the WWE Tag Tight Champions in 1976? Uh, 77, excuse me. Uh, okay, uh, Billy White Wolf. And Chief Strongbow. Okay. What? No fucking way. 
So I'll get to Chief J Strongbow in a minute. Yeah, I know a little bit about his deal. But Billy White Wolf is fucking Adnan Alkesi. No, no way. No fucking way. You're lying to me right no, now. No, no, he is. No. What? No? I was I was going to talk about this more with Chief J Strongbow. But I guess I'll bring it up here. Yeah. We are we are in the peak era for Billy fake White Native American gimmicks. Billy White Wolf. Ah. What? Fuck. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so in this period of time, you know, we there were a lot of wrestlers who were like, you're brown enough so you can be a Native American. Yeah, you know. As you do. One of them is Billy White Wolf, who is the Iraqi Adnan Alkesi, bestest friends with Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Saddam Hussein, IRO. Wait, Mr. Fuji was actually a wrestler who won the fucking belts? What the shit? Yes. Fuji might have a match on this show, actually. I don't know. What the fuck? So. Okay. This for Adnan Alkesi. This is after he has fled the country of Iraq because <laughs> hilarious story here. So at, Saddam Hussein learned that his bestest bro from high school was a wrestler. And so he was like, let's stage wrestling shows in Iraq to, you know, distract from my work as a dictator. Except Saddam Hussein was a fucking Mark who thought wrestling was real. So... Adnan Alkasi had to like covertly he had to like he booked all of these Americans to show to come to Iraq and lose to him oh, at okay. risk of death for everyone involved, quite frankly. And then he had to flee the country because Saddam Hussein started to think that Adnan Alkesi was becoming more popular than him. So that man has got to die. Normal my plan has backfired. I have made too big of a star. He oh need Adnan God. must die. Also, apparently fucking Mr. Fuji has the most days of the uh, World Tag Team Championships in WWE. This, this is the one that gets cut off in like 2010. So maybe this is not actually, but like... Um, in favor of continuing uh, the, the WWE the, tag the team. The longest, the his his team, the de, the demolition demolition were the longest reigning world tag champs for a significant combined reigns by team. Uh, yeah. So wait, so demolition have the longest combined like reign as a team, but as days with between five different people, Fuji had with ch tag champs for nine hundred and thirty two days. Yes, insane. Holy the, shit. The New Day could have potentially beaten that by now. I don't know. Well, yeah, but that's uh, that's a different championship probably. Yeah, but anyway. So, Billy, what now Adnan fleed, Amer fleed Iraq. He's in America now, and he's wrestling as a fake Native American. And he's oh, wrestling alongside an Italian-American, also being also a fake Native American, Chief J. Strongbow. I love, you know what, you know what, I love me some ethnic pandering, all right? Uh, I, I can't wait, I can't wait until uh, the days when uh, 
Adnan Elkesi finally uh, admits to actually his his real race and then uses that to pander in a completely different way. You love to see it. Now, now, to give credit, if I have to give credit for anything, well, is yeah. that the another the the other biggest Native American star of the era was Wahoo McDaniel's, who was a legitimate Native had legitimate Native what? American ancestry. I didn't think they got those in 1970. <laughs> in the 1970s. Yeah, Wahoo McDaniel. Oh man, uh, let me, let me, Chief J Strongbow. His his Wikipedia page has the lineage uh for uh for uh yeah wahoo was a choctaw chickasaw native american that's a J- legitimately native american man jay uh jay strongbow was an italian american as you do he was as legitimately native american as actor iron eyes cody outstanding outstanding Anywho, we got a little bit off track here. Yeah, but yeah. So Chief J Strongbow is on this show, but he is not tag teaming with Billy with Billy White Wolf. Uh, he is oh, tag teaming with Andre the Giant. What? Andre? So it's time to see 1970s Andre the oh, Giant. Oh my god, Andre! Before it was fucking depressing to watch him in ring. You'll love to exactly. see it. Exactly. And, and they will be facing in a tag team match against Nikolai Volkov. Oh, he's he's doing his bit of I'm oh. gonna sing. I'm gonna sing and salute the Soviet national oh, anthem. Oh, yeah. And Ken Patera. Tell it to me. No, damn it! I was so excited for you to say no. Iron Sheik. No. The, I don't. Is the Iron Sheik even in the WWF at this point? I don't think he is. Hey, look, no, at this point, he has not joined the WWF yet. He is still working kind of as a jobber in like the AWA. Oh my God. Okay. And 79 is when he shows up. Okay. Yes. And his real big run with the WWF wasn't until 83. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so at this point, it's and Ken Patera, his gimmick is basically that he was an Olympic strongman, and then he turned that into a heel wrestling gimmick. Oh, <laughs> wow. Where have I heard something like that before? Oh, uh, you, you know. The, Somewhere a young Kurt Angle is taking notes. Oh, I was thinking of Dino Bravo, because we were just winning 1991. That too. Uh, 1990, because he did the literal, he was also literally a strongman. Strong. Yeah. Turn that into a wrestling gimmick. Fair enough. Yeah, that is, you know, there's, you know, it's not like there's like this big story push to follow or anything. This is, no. you know, this we're just watching. You know, this is 1976, baby. This is yeah. we're just watching the Madison Square Garden show. Don't need stories. We just got some terrific bouts for you this evening. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So we are. I'm excited as we as we dive so far deep. Vincent K. McMahon doesn't even own the company yet. Fuck yes, based. As we dive on our way back, we will be, if you would like to watch along with us again, this is on Peacock under the WWE Old School section. Uh, it is the June 27th, either 27th or 26th, 1977. There's only one June 97 show, so you know. 
You'll find it. Uh, 1977, excuse me. Uh, you'll find that. And we'll be back in the back half to discuss uh, the WWF on the Madison Square Garden Network. Fuck yeah. And we are back. We have finished the WWF on MSG Network show from June 26, 1977. Um, well, we did, Austin. Well, you know, I'll go ahead and open this one. Is you know, I I like on this, I like to think that on this podcast, I'm an open minded person. That you know, there are eras where specific, especially the attitude era, rip and peace, or I'm kind of like, this really isn't for me. But, you know, I like to try to respect what people would have liked or do like about these eras, find the good in stuff that I mostly don't like. Fucking hell, I hate wrestling from the 1970s. Oh, my God. I shit sucks. I can have that perspective of, like, I get why... Uh, and part of this is almost certainly because, you know, our brains have been accustomed to the spot monkeying of the day. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Oh, I got a, I got a thing to say about that, actually. Oh, I, I, I have I'm some. Trying, when I, I came to a realization of why I think I hate these matches so much. Oh, part of why. I'm part excited. of why, anyway. I'm excited. It's uh, related um, to the spot monkey stuff, but continue. Well, no, I agree. But, like, I, I understand why in the same way i understand like why people watch like i don't know ufc um but man this was a hard watch and i don't i it it does there is a certain point at which i disconnect and i simply can't understand how some of these things got like nuclear tear reactions from the audience i absolutely zoned out during Baron Von Raschke versus Ivan, I, I don't know. To pay I don't know if I. I don't know if I ever made my way back. I I forced myself to pay attention so I get so I could get some like decent quality notes, but uh, man, that only made it kind of worse. Yeah. So, like, we're here. We're here um, in 1977. I think I think on some level I got like the appeal of Billy Graham though watching a Whoa. whole show of the of this era. Uh to me Billy Graham stood out quite a lot. He was one of the, he time. was one of the standouts at least at least to an extent. Um as best he was allowed to be given the structure of his match. Yes. Uh <laughs> and as far as I as far as I could see it like he certainly had a firecracker personality and I can understand how, even if it's not as refined as what I'm used to in the year of our Lord, 2023, I can see how it got people electrified back in 1977. Yeah. Um, but I, Oh my I God. See, I see the building blocks for yes, yes. wrestlers of the eighties. Oh, a hundred percent. What they made their shtick, how they well took from better, their... better said, and especially now that you and I are both like deep diving into like the history of Vince McMahon wrestling magnate, I can see the building blocks of what like inspire of like what drew Vincent and what he built from. Um, because mm-hmm. it's a it was a bit of an inorganic evolution. Um, because it was one man like inserting his own deeply weird sensibilities into this art form um but he still didn't completely abandon the foundation so you can see those foundations at work here um Mm -hmm. and you can 
uh, you can still see the foundations of other types of non Vince McMahon helmed wrestling that has, you know, since, uh, since come on the scene. Um, but oh my God, the presentation is so different. We open it's, it's only Vince on mic. Yeah. That's wild to me. That was a not good idea. Um, No, he is Vince is I've never hated Vince as an announcer as much as a lot of people do. Uh, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's strong enough to carry a show. Carry it on his own. No, he needs, he needs backup. I can understand why people have a problem with him when he's flying on his own. I I don't usually see him flying on his own. I usually see him with somebody to work on. Yeah. Most people, most people's people's negative views of Vince's announcer come from the, when he was in the new generation into the earliest days of the attitude era when he was doing announcing. I don't I don't take all that much umbrage with him in the new generation. Yeah, I don't I don't either. And hey, anything, he's, he's got, I find I find Savage more annoying on commentary than I do yeah. Vince. And heck, I mean Vince has a very has one of the most famous calls in all of wrestling history. Can't, can't take that away from him. Oh, absolutely. Is during the during the Kane debut, he is the one who's like, That's that's gotta be Kane. Wait, that's him? That's yeah. Oh, most people probably shit. remember it being Jr. because he's the voice. Of the yeah, no, Vince is the one who says that's got to be Kane. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He has that talent, but again, he needs someone to work with. And again, part of that, part of that, there is like he's working within his own framework that he's created. Whereas mm-hmm. in 1977, this deeply this weird is man, dad. this is him calling his dad, has wrestling. to call his dad's deeply normal product. Yeah, this is you know what so this is. Normie. You know what 1977 wrestling is? It's fucking normal SpongeBob going, "Hi, how are you? Beautiful weather we're having, isn't it?" <laughs> Shit, it is. I've worked a weird amount of SpongeBob references into my notes tonight, and by that I mean like two or three, but still, that's a lot. Um, I mean, that's relative. a lot. If you know, if I had a nickel for every SpongeBob yeah. reference, you you well, that's probably that. Well, the, the normal SpongeBob is is de facto my fourth. I, that one isn't even in my notes. I just had that thought, but yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with here, folks. At fucking we we open with Courier new ass font, um, for the you know, announcement text of this is the worldwide wrestling federation. Um, and it stays that it's, it's courier new. It's like normal font size. It's orange for some reason. Um, and it's just kind of like, that's what it is for the entire episode. That's yeah, all it's of just, the like, it's super just font. Titles. It's the same font that you would use if you like, pulled up like a computer screen like an old school computer screen or yeah a typewriter like this is the font you look at madison square garden presents championship wrestling okay no 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 no. madison's madison square garden presents pause for it to switch to the next title card there's only so many can't work the title cards it's so stilted um uh, we open the show with jose gonzalez versus jan nelson uh Jose Gonzalez I, is there our were face. no name graphics that i saw and i had to look it up online to make sure i had the names right and in fact it's a good thing i did or i would have called him chad nelson oh, the whole dear. time oh boy oh i think to say about the audio and the subtitling but that's later uh yes jose gonzalez uh, uh 
is Puerto Rican and surprisingly our face. Um, yes. Dan, Nel- Dan Nelson is our heel or, a, oh, oh, sorry, as Vince puts it, our aggressor for the match. And he is a um, dude, if I've ever, in a singlet, if I've ever seen one. He That sure was a guy. He also had a nice little, like, bomber jacket on. Yeah. Uh, I did dig that. I was giving me mm-hmm. kind of Squirrel Girl vibes almost. Um, yeah. Um, we we begin we begin this episode as we will end it and as we will spend most of our time in it on a very weird note um uh, uh just everything is a little off false start uh we have a false start uh where gonzalez like runs up to jan nelson but the bell hasn't actually rung yet so he just kind of retreats back okay uh yeah. but they do ring the bell and as vince puts it they do a little two step around each other they, they strut around each other in seconds i make so many notes related to can we just start a match when the bell <laughs> um, <laughs> no anyway also made a note of the wwe old school flashback yes! pop-up yes. where they just talk about shit that was happening in june of 1977 now, this is the only time mind you that this happens in the entire episode we get no other like added things for for the 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 streaming service re-release of this telecast it's just this single like set of like three historical fun facts about what happens in june 1977 and i i i hated the episode off the bat solely for being uh set in the same month in which kanye west was born um Sidebar, have we ever gotten Kanye on WWE TV? Because I feel like he and Vince no would be fucking very, way. very interesting bedfellows. They would fit, but it would also As be disturbing. No, he feels oh. like a guy, like, if he was interested, he, he probably would have right? posted Raw yeah. in 2009 if he really yeah, wanted right? to do that. But no, he, is, he did not. I am really shocked about that. He feels like a dude who would have popped up on WWE at some point. Um... Also, okay, knockout. Help me out here. There's some bits of historical context that I am going to try to invoke your expertise on. Why the fuck is the ref not dressed like a ref? No, I mean, yeah, he is. That's that's the that's the that's the old school ref attire. Except it's not because halfway through we get the episode, we get other refs who are dressed in like the usual ref attire. This motherfucker's dressed like a mechanic, and I thought he was Adnan Al Kessi at first. I don't know, because, like, I didn't notice it. You didn't? Anything diff- I didn't notice like, anything different about it. looks like a him. fucking mechanic. I really didn't pay close attention to the ref. To the oh. refs at, at any point in this, really. Okay, sure. Um. Anyway, so Nelson, Jan Nelson attempts some shenanigans, and we hear someone, I can't, I couldn't tell if it was him or a motherfucker motherfucker from the audience uh yelling aha ha, ha, probably someone from the crowd um, yeah i made note of when these early moments you got jose gonzalez getting jan nelson in like a hold and then jan nelson goes to the ropes to get him to break and vince like implies that he's being cowardly doing it that way he calls it a shortcut for uh, why doesn't this <laughs> No, why doesn't this damn guy just pull himself up by his bootstraps and 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 get submitted like yeah? A, like so, real man. listen, the the moves per the moves per second, right Dude, on this uh, on this show. It's so perfect, you say that because literally my Holy next shit. note was my work rate. 
The work rate is not fast at all. The work rate is like 0. 0.3. <laughs> so like it's like like Jan Nelson myth, myth throws a punt, one punch misses, and then he just like throws a fucking fit for a few minutes. I know. It's so fucking. And Vince weird. is over here trying to say that Jan Nelson is uh, has resorted to rather aggressive tactics thus far. Wrong. And then um, we get and- work that. <laughs> arm as jan nelson gets jose gonzalez in an arm bar and this will spend we'll spend the next like five minutes straight on this particular sequence to quote vince he can just turn you around so quickly and pin you before you know what's happened you know i guess if you're a fucking snail Jesus Christ. My <laughs> man fucking, just... So wrestling in or at least WWF wrestling, I don't want to I don't want to be unfair and and consider and think that like all wrestling in 1977 is exactly like how WWF presented wrestling in 1977. Yeah, because even Vince Sr. had his own idiosyncrasies. Right. I don't want to be unfair like that. But this rest New York wrestling in 1977 was extremely built around rest holds and long, long hold spots. Yes. I, this is where I get it because I, I, when we've dipped into golden age, I've talked about how like it feels like at its sportiest, the WWF in the golden age, it feels like it feels like it was at its most, like we are trying to pretend like this is a legitimate sport and present it that way. And a little bit of like WCW had that about it too. Um, Oh man, did I lack perspective? They know we can get sportier. Yeah, this is the epitome of this is a sport. This is not a spectacle in any sense outside no, of the like is, basic are, ass this morality is a wrestling match, So they are going ring. to work wrestling holds. Yes. And I can't I can't throw shade on the workers because this too took technical prowess. And a technical prowess that they clearly had. It's not the same technical prowess. And I would argue it's probably not quite as impressive technically as like, you know, what your Brian Danielsons and Daniel Garcias of the world can do. Well, I even tell you this. And again, maybe this could very much be my modern poison pill brain of wrestling. But I'll tell it. But like, I wouldn't call myself someone who isn't a fan of technical wrestlers, at least in the sense of what modern wrestlers are. I love Brian Danielson. I love Daniel Garcia. I love Zack Sabre Jr. Going back, I love me some Bret Hart. Bret Hart, phenomenal, one of the greatest of all time. Mm. Um, You know, you had these wrestlers who in later years would figure out a way to bring a certain level of theatricality even to what is is supposed to be like the most sportiest technical wrestling holding. Yes. But like these guys are doing their job as laid forward. Their job wasn't Mm -hmm. to make it the single splashiest thing in the world. They're doing their job as it was put forward to them. And I can't throw shade on that. But man, is it a slog? Yeah, I don't want to make. I don't want to blame them because it's not like this is what wrestling kind of was. Yeah, and 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 you can tell like a lot of them are are at the top of their game in some respect or other. Yeah, like I'm I'm not gonna be mad that they that these guys don't know what like a German suplex is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> like th- this. Like this is what they. This is what these guys have like been taught to do. 
that this is the this is the way you be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And the crowd respond the crowds do respond to this shit. Yeah. So it's not like you're getting them used to. Right. So you're not, it's not exactly like you're getting like you're you're getting the message, don't do this, you idiots. Yeah. So like I, I can't blame the individual wrestlers for wrestling the way they do. That I don't like the style, but like it's not really the fault of any individual wrestler here. But the thing that baffles me is how they can hold on a single like a single grapple for like five minutes and have the crowd going bananas they, for the entirety of that. Well, you know, back you know, kids these days just ain't got no patience, David. Back in our day, we had the patience to sit there for five minutes and wait for Jose Gonzalez to get up. It was we had the we were patient. We had the ability to oh wait. Oh my god. It's the gratification. What, oh yeah. And and what is it what does it get you? Like two seconds of actual work rate and then back to more like bullshit it yeah no if this if that's what patience yields me i'll stick with my adhd thank you very much um read fucking yeah no i i don't like their minds must have just been they they must have i don't know been conditioned to fill in the blanks or something it's just it's so much simpler Mm -hmm. i got got another thing to bring up about this in the next match is where okay, I thought that's it was fair. about this. I, I've, I've been, I guess I've been spoiled on like the, 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 the more complex version of this sport, but like, man, it's sure, it sure feels dull at times. Holy time. Moses. Um, uh, oh my God. And then, so we get fucking, I forget who the first pin attempt is on. If it's on Jan or it's on Jose. Um, but whoever we, we get our first pin attempt and this ref, is he's moving? He's moving like a. He's taking a <laughs> sweet time. Yeah, he's making sure <laughs> that both of those shoulders are being. He's going one one thousand, two one thousand. But it's not even that. I think we just get three one counts in a row because my man taps, and then a shoulder will pop up, and then it'll slowly get rested back down. Yeah, and that the, is one of the those fucking ref that goes to double check that both of the shoulders are squarely on the mat. Then he one counts again, and the cycle continues in fucking perpetuity. Yeah, now I will say is that like I took note of like these instances, not necessarily in a negative. Like this, these are takes I have that aren't like positive or negative, just things I find interesting in the way that wrestling is presented without outside of like the modern tv w vince mcmahon sensibilities Mm -hmm. and one of those is like not every pinfall is a two count right yeah like there's a lot of variance there are no two counts in this shit it's all one counts well some not in this match no uh for most of the episode it's only one counts okay but like there's a lot more it's more variability in like how pinfalls go yeah in a way that like modern wrestling isn't it's like everything is at least a two count it's it yeah. is it's like if it's let if it's a one like a one count is now like in it's either like super early in the match or mm-hmm. it is a narratively significant moment to get a one count yeah like when the young bucks hit the kamagoye on uh kenny omega and he was and he kicked out at one because it's like that's the golden lovers finisher oh and you shit. dare do that to me oh so he kicked out at one and was like fired up about it like there's it's like it's a big moment in a yeah. for later in the match now to get a one count and here it's like whatever <laughs> yeah 
But again, it's that narrative thing of like, for me, I've always been able to, I guess, fill in the blanks in my own way of like, you you take as much rest time as you can, even if that's only an extra second. Yeah, that's how um, I've always that's I've always justified pinfalls. Yeah, too, is the way yeah. I always go like that. It's because it's like you, you if you know that you can kick out in time, then okay, then take your time. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. Take your extra second. Um, yeah. I will say, Jan Nelson uh, and and pretty much everybody across this episode, if there is something that all these motherfuckers can't get theatrical about, it's their selling. Oh man, do these boys sell for each other? Nelson, Nelson was our first sell king of the night. Um, mm-hmm. especially as as Jose Gonzalez lines up to just casually hit him with fucking four drop kicks in a row. Oh yeah, holy shit. Other. He needs these to calm down with that work right there, son. Four drop kicks monkeys. in a row. These young, these these young new guys and their spot monkey flippity do bullshit. Yeah, also interesting that, like, I was listening before we just that that's the finish of the match is the fourth drop kick. Yeah, but, and then uh, Nelson tries to kick out on three and just that's a 3.1 kick out right there. That was a 3.1 kick out, but it was sure was fucking close. Something also I kind of noted about and in, in kind of like, um, in like comparing wrestling post what post Vince WWF wrestling looks like, post Vince mm-hmm. Jr., I mean, is like. In some ways, Vince Jr. is gonna like really clamp down on the morality of how you act as a wrestler, or at least like in terms of baby faces. Eventually, he's gonna get there. Like I feel like all the baby faces tonight were, a, or at least some of them, I guess, were more willing to kind of do things that I would traditionally think of as like obvious classic heel shit. An example of that is yes. when. Jose Gonzalez finally gets out of the fucking arm bar. He does so by like punching at Jan Nelson and then rakes him in the eye, which is such a traditionally heel move to do. I I was like, what? I did. I did definitely have moments of like, why is the face acting like this? Oh, there's one in the Patera. There's a big one in the, in the, like the big hype tag match. That yeah. this felt like, how are you being the baby face right now? Um, because you're because they're over and who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, in nine minutes and 46 seconds, most yeah, of the matches they, tonight, they, they, they announced, announced the, the fucking time a lot. This is a real this wrestling is sport. sport. This is sport. Uh, and I was like, nine minutes and 46 seconds. How long was I fucking arm bar? This didn't, this felt longer than 946. And that's not going to be the only match tonight. I'm like, this felt longer than what you just said. That's it pretty is. much every, that's pretty much, it's almost every match tonight. The last but... two, notwithstanding, and whole boy. Last, oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get there. Um, for some reason, Jose Gonzalez, again, the winner exits the ring while Jan Nelson stays in ring to celebrate and the audience doesn't take be any a of this. Howdy baby or whatever. I don't know. But he's, um, he's like raising his arms. He's like, yeah. And the audience is. Well, he th- it's like he thinks he won, but also Vince does not play. I don't know what Jan Nelson was doing. There was a miscommunication somewhere of what to do here. I was wondering um, if you watched that ending with that with that weird like three point. That might be it. Out. He might have thought he was supposed to kick out of the four drop kicks. Yeah, because he, it, it, it that was a real close three point one. I was, I thought he'd actually. He was starting it. to kick out at like two. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that one, brother. Um, but, but fucking, then, uh, yes. 
Match number two, Rocky Tomato. Lock, Rocky Tomato, my favorite of all. Versus tomatoes. Larry um, Zabisco. Yeah, Larry Zabisco. Okay. All, all these right. names that I've heard dropped before, but never all right, actually. So it was at this point, I was like, oh, Larry hasn't turned heel on Bruno yet. Interesting, because they bring up on commentary how much Larry Zabisco is just a good friend and mentee of Bruno San Martino. And then I looked it up, and Larry doesn't turn heel on Bruno until 1980, which is way fuck? later than I thought that happened at. What the fuck? Was was Larry Zabisco the winner of this match? Or the, yes, the, 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 was he's a, the face he was the baby face. Match? Absolutely. He was. Okay. For some reason, he was I the he good was boy. Good. He was the good okay. boy buddy of, of Bruno. Okay. I gotcha. Um, the, the ref, we're still with the same ref and he feels so low energy. Um, yeah. He speaking just, of my low energy. This, so speaking this. of low energy, this match, um, aha. Uh-huh. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, Larry's I wrote Larry Zabisco big golf guy apparently as yeah uh, he's up on commentary golf. I now need to see what like pro wrestling style golf looks like <laughs> let me tell you something dude I'm gonna All, get that birdie brother they work the they work the they work the part like the shots under par <laughs> oh my god yes like like when the cameras aren't look fucking fucking Hulk. Or, they move the, the ball. They, they, heal, they move the they ball when the cameras aren't the looking. They work it. The, 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 the heel distracts the referee and then just chucks the ball further. It's like yep. oh, I'm, I don't ah. know. Uh, oh fucking uh, Ultimate Warrior comes in and just breaks a a, a putter over his knee because so, he's so coked out. Yep. Okay. Um, so. I again Zabisco and Rocky Tomeo, who is kind of this like big burly dude. He's from Peru. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, that's all I really got for him. That's basically Man, it. Th- this fight, as he gets jobbed the fuck out. He gets jobbed the fuck his ass. Zabisco kicks his ass all the way to back to San Francisco. Um, but you know what? You know what element of this match wasn't low energy was this Joe Pesci ass motherfucker who's yelling just kept getting picked up by the <laughs> yeah, camera. Yeah, picked him up because okay, at the beginning they're doing the fucking every bit where the <laughs> heel just doesn't want to fucking yeah. engage, and, and, and this and guy goes, "Wait, what are you, what are what you, are gonna, you gonna dance on that? You jump." Well, okay. Here's how I wrote it down. Uh, what are you gonna uh, d- dance all night? Unintelligible, but probably a racial slur. Chump. Um, oh, I didn't I, hear I, that. I, I you get chump. Oh no, there was a there was a oh something unintelligible in between little and chump, and I guarantee you it was not very nice to Rocky probably Tomeo. Probably not. Um, come, come on, you chump fight. Um, we do get a we do get just in the last match, like two seconds of work rate at one point. Um, I can't even remember what it was, but I was like, "Oh, this match is picking up steam." There, never mind. Put it. Uh, never mind. Uh, Joe Joe Pesci screams that, "Hey, Rocky, I got something for you." Who is this guy? Why? Why are we hearing him and only him? I don't know. Um, but I loved it. Um, oh my god! Fucking... I, this is where I want to bring up this note about this because this is when I kind of thought about. Yes, it, right. Please, it thought about this. Is it so? Larry spends the whole match. They kind of they're playing up Larry as a technical wizard and so he spends most of the match absolutely dominating at holds oh uh and the and a thing i thought of while watching this match is like they kind of just like stand there when they do holds and shit Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. don't sell 
for being in holds the no. way you sell and being in holds at IRL. That's like, what not IRL, is, dumb, like, not dumbass, but like in yeah. modern times. Yeah. Like, like he has he has Rocky Tomeo in this like arm bar. He's got his arm gripped and like out pulled out in front. And they're just like, it looks like they're just fucking standing there. Nobody's selling pain or Zabisco's not selling that he's like wrenching this arm here. He's making the arm hurt. And Rocky's not selling the pain of having my arm in a hole. It's like they're just standing there holding arms. It's this veneer of like legitimate, like sports boy effort of like they're just concentrated on executing the and you don't show pain because the other per- yeah to the end, yeah the so opponent. like opponent and again for like 1977 when you know the 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 audience probably wasn't as interested in you know seeing these dudes be you know vulnerable uh that would be engaging because it's like oh it's so cerebral look at them thinking through but like the it just looks stagnant at a point. Yeah, this and was the they don't, worst match for that. That's why I brought it. Betray, I they don't betray any of like what their thought processes could be other than just vaguely, oh, I gotta find a way We're to doing get a hold. Uh let's let's try to escape this way. Nope. All right, let's try like thank thank you for, for this very deeply exciting bit of sports entertainment. Yeah. Um so but like fucking Zabisco after, eventually gets the pin. He, yeah, so he has, after he, he, has he, roll he up. works all like he basically works all the limbs. Rocky like every gets single shot. Rocky gets some hits in, limbs. and then Larry gets a roll up pin out of nowhere and wins on the slowest three count I've ever seen. And and no no fight back from Rocky Tomeo. My man does not remotely attempt to. To, like to wriggle like, out of there he's like, just like yeah it's like he's he, just, I, I, he's stun locked like, because he has I been rolled up my fate he has been stun locked by the roll up um. <laughs> ultimate uh ultimate or uh and uh, infinite roll up hacks yeah you gotta much. you gotta you gotta work all the limbs on rocky tomato then then put in the konami code and 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 he won't ever fight back and you can roll him up into perpetuity um, yeah so larry the the larry wins um one day he will in 20 years from now he will be on commentary desperately trying to get over the phrase new world odor oh yeah he was on commentary he is the, he is the wcw commentators like the new world oh, odor fuck that's where he's popped up before yeah it I is forgot. oh my god okay oh thank you larry for your contributions um Okay, cool. Um, so next match, moving right along. Nothing and in Tony Gurria. So yeah, some motherfucker named Tony Gurria. George versus the Animal Steel. Hometown boy, hometown boy, Detroit native George the Animal Steel. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. My first note was ah, back when George the Animal Steel was a madman, not slow. Yeah, I know. Literally, presumably, like, the, I had effectively the same note of, like, this is presumably George before he was reduced to just being, like, a stupid comedy chump. Yeah, no, he, now he is the animal because he's crazy. He's a madman. He's, he's just, he's just fucking nuts, man. He doesn't, he doesn't need to eat turnbuckle pads. He'll just eat your face. I mean, he, there's a moment where he seems to be threatening that. Yeah, pretty, well, yeah, because he's fucking insane. Um, uh, so... George Steele, he he uh, he uh, arrives to the ring. He 
gets in the ring for a second and then he kind of like tries he tries to, to fight uh, he tries to be the aggressor before the match starts then they ring the bell tony throws one punch and still leaves the ring <laughs> yeah he just tries to nope uh, out um he he kind of walks part way through the crowd and the crowd's all jeering him shout out to that what that one motherfucker in the crowd who like quickly like while he's while he's in close proximity to steel just quickly like gets up his camera and snaps a picture and brings it back down oh yeah man my man thought uh, he was like but he didn't realize so as george on. is getting back in the ring is when i note that vince is really fixated on the body hair like he is like my yeah, god no. this man no hair on his head but all that hair on his back it's like fur man vince is just word salading this entire fucking episode and the captions the captions don't always seem to know what Vince is saying. Sometimes the the I, I had the captions on for this Austin, and sometimes they were just very obviously wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whoever did this did not. There was no like I, I I would call this a first draft, but even I could fucking like tell when like the the captions were wrong because like. Sometimes the captions were just very obviously not what the word was saying. This is like YouTube auto-generated AI captions. That probably just... that's probably what it is. I don't think they try oh that my... much harder for this shit. Oh my god, these cheap asses wouldn't pay for good close captioning. Why does that make so for, much? For the nineteen seventy-seven wrestling shows, no fucking way. Go fuck yourselves, dude. Oh my god. So that's like. So Gorilla can Gorilla has early and I will say I guess if we're trying to vaguely describe these to you people who probably have never seen any of these people wrestle before you know he see he, he he felt like the most like like a what you imagine like an all-american boy looks like when I say that phrase like that's like Tony Gorilla he doesn't look like a conventionally handsome guy yes yeah uh, anyway get on board with that and anyway. George is this big lanky thick bald motherfucker who just is kind of like just kind of wild man he's very hairy the, he's you cannot forget this part he, um, he's extremely hairy on everywhere except his face and head yeah so gorilla so gorilla keeps like taking control of the match and and you know steel powders out to the crowd and while he like stands in the aisle way he like is making goes at people in the crowd and you can watch audience members like run away i know they <laughs> are a wild man um which is which is fair i it seems like he was legitimately good at that shtick i remember in the in fucking ringmaster they uh the the author cites an anecdote of like young stephanie mcmahon backstage and like george Steele growling at her and her like running behind vince it's so funny knowing that his like that his real day his day job is being like an english teacher. an english teacher yeah i know dude he fucking Oh fuck! I forget who he helped train, but like, um, I always forget this. Oh, it was had... somebody important. I remember that. Yeah, um, George Steele, um, fucking, he's from Michigan. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, or was it? Was it that he was trained by? Um, fuck. Um. Shit, he died in 2017 at 79. He lived a full-ass life. Um, he made it far. A lot farther than a lot of guys, a lot of old wrestlers do. But uh, it helps that he was know. definitely not a man who abused steroids. Yes, he didn't need to. 
Um, trained by Burt Ruby. I don't know. I feel like he had a hand in training someone, but I don't know who. Um, either way, great guy. We we stand mm-hmm. us some George Steele. Um, fucking. Uh, so yeah. So he eventually reengages. He gets back in the Matt. match, and he steel. Gria has steel in the corner, and steel like punches Tony Gria in the dick. Yeah, and just a couple uh, times. And then he's immediately like, uh, he immediately goes to the ref and is like, I should win now. Please and thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I win, right? No. Yeah. yeah. And, and the ref and the ref says no. And Jordan's incensed by this. He says, Now, this interestingly, what I, the, now, I, I want all Dominion referees inspected for bias. Now, interestingly, like, we get this long sequence of like basically George Steele, like, trying to beat down Tony Gurria in every corner of the ring. But every time the ref starts counting Gurria down, kind of like you would in boxing, right? Like he's down, like you're like when he's down, when he had Gurria down the corner, the ref is like one, two, three, four, as if this was was. a box, as if this was like a boxing of like, if you you can't get up at the 10 count, you're done. Man, this ref does not give, this ref gives so little of a shit that he's, that he's forgetting what fucking sport he's even refing for. It's either that or WWF is trying really hard to act like this is real fighting. I don't really know. This is real fighting. Look, we have boxing rules even, I guess. At this point, in this point in modern wrestling, the only part of that rule that even remotely still exists is if like two guys are knocked down, down, the ref can start counting for a potential double like KO. Double count out essentially. Yeah. Um. Vince says George now looks favored to win this match as he beats up on Tony, which, you know, of course, narratively dooms George to abject failure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, so- it was at this point, I kind of had a realization of like, oh, wait, this is 1977. Take a shot every time a heel wins tonight. You'll probably be stone cold sober the entire time. Basic, essentially, especially essentially, if you're, yeah. especially with a caveat of the of a heel wins straight up. Um, well, yes. So anyway, basically, the end of the match here is Steel gets Gurea in like a bulldog headlock, you know, under his armpit. Gurea just straight launches Steel into the corner, and he hits his head on the turnbuckle. And going he into the flops. Going, this is like before tur- corner moves were invented, I guess. Because like, if anytime a wrestler goes into the corner, that itself is like an attack, and you're a like, fuck oh. to hell if you get not thrown into the corner. Yeah, he 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 gets he he flies into the corner and then fucking like flips around and stumbles yeah. down like the fucking. The fucking uh, uh, ring ropes. Yeah, it's but then crazy. Steel, like the crowd's going crazy. But Steel, he like apparently pulls something out of his. Yeah, I, I also miss him this doing that. Yes, uh, I also miss. But that. he does it. He punches Steel straight in Gurria straight in the throat. Yes. Disqualification. See, to me, it looked like he 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 socked him in the face, but then Gurria grabs his throat. It's like okay. Tony Gurria wins by DQ. Vince is out here being like, Jared Steele pulled something from his trunks. And I wrote, because that checks out for his character. Like, yeah, obviously. This feels like a character that would not, like, go to the trouble to have an illegal object in yeah, his trunks. Yeah, he just murders you with his bare hands. Anyway. I, it makes no sense. The fucking, but yeah, the fucking camera zooms in on George Steele's hand. They, even the camera's out here going ref because it takes the ref a hot second to DQ George for this. Yeah, um, so this is, 
this is fun. This is kind of a funny bit here, considering like who how this match ended, right? So George Steele's like, no, no, and then no. he keeps attacking Tony Gurria with his hidden object. He like pushes the ref away, and Tony Gurria knocks the object out of Steel Steele's hands and starts kicking his ass. And then Steele gets on the mic and he's like, I want five more minutes. Five more as minutes. If, as if Steele wasn't the one who cheated to win in the match. He's like, give me five more minutes, guy. Yeah. And then, and then it gets granted. And then no, he, he doesn't. Just... He le- no, it doesn't. He just leaves. No, I thought I heard the bell ring. No, and I, I, I think they're telling. Like... I think they're ringing the bell to get him to stop fighting. They okay. do not. They do not count that as they've been given five. Minutes. Oh, okay. I thought so, it got granted, but yeah, he still gets out of the ring, gives Gurria the up yours, and then leaves. Yeah. Oh, so obscene. Nineteen seventy-seven. Excuse you. Uh, and then I wrote on replay. How does the ref miss the kick to the dick? Another thing George Steele does because he doesn't care. This ref does not give a shit. Also, something I noticed, I think I noticed as George walked back up the ramp, I think someone in the crowd pats him on the ass. I missed that. That is George Steele's ass right there. Some oh, yeah. some fans lucky hand. Steel ass. For the, sure. By that steel ass. Absolutely. Um, All right. The and, next- then, and then Vince Vince makes sure to, to denote how uh, if you fight George Steele, oh boy, you're going to be sore in the morning. Time for the next match of the show. The big hyped tag match. Nikolai Volkov and Ken Patera versus Andre the Giant and Chief J Strongbow. Uh yes. Uh, apparently, apparently, Ken Patera has claimed go ahead of this match that during this match he is going to scoop up Andre and slam him. I mean, he is now, the strongest uh, man in the world. What obviously, you- now, now, I, 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 I hate to um uh ape a bit of uh a, you know ape a bit from deadlock here but you know to check the observer notes from june 1977 i'm pretty sure upon hearing that dave melter just preemptively rated this match negative five stars <laughs> he's uh, uh i imagine uh hmm, let me give me a what's a dave melter brian alvarez-esque way to describe this situation um I don't, I don't i don't follow him nearly enough you're the one who subscribed to the to, to w-o-n austin that's, for, that's true i'm a dirty melter look at this fucking, look at this fucking mark i pay 11.99 a month oh for everybody shame this man absolutely shame me anyway uh some notes i made is first of all lou alban i was like lou alban with the heels is that who that is like yes. i didn't immediately recognize i was like is that lou well, albano mostly because and then his it's- hair is like not everywhere it's, i wrote lou you know, albano temp- looks like a target manager is what i wrote yeah. he's, in, he's in like khakis and a red polo and a red fucking polo this is not the lou albano i know and love what have you hell they call him captain on, the announcer says captain lewis, lewis albano. albano what get the fuck out of here who the fuck is lewis so Lou Lou Louis Albano is over here Lou. with the heels. He's just tra- Can I call he's, you Louver? he's strutting around all over the place like a madman. Yeah. And then Andre and Jay Strongbow get in the ring. Oh, and I wrote hello. as a flex, Andre Deep lifts Strongbow. Strongbow into the ring. 
Yes. With one hand, with one oh, arm. Chief Strongbow. What noted what Italian name? man who is <laughs> playing a Native American? No, dress know, at all. Italians, Native Americans, same difference. They are the same shade of brown. Italians so are are natives of Italy, so you know it's basically the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. fucking Chief Strongbow is a interesting character as he he gets lifted into the ring by andre and he immediately is like i'm going to murder the fuck out of lou albano like my he's man straight for this dude they are noted the baby team announcements and he runs lou straight albano. for albano gets him in the ropes and starts whooping his ass unprovoked noted baby face chief strongbow lou albano know. runs away after this and never and just goes back to the dressing room never to return yeah well uh he he he's a fucking coward austin he he didn't sit there and take his beatings from chief strongbow like That's a man fair. Yeah. Uh, also, a, also Nikolai Volkov is not in his most well-known gimmick because they bill him from Mongolia. Yeah. Okay. I that I also found that weird. And I was like, "What why, the fuck? Where is my Kami Volkov? The, why? Who the is fuck this guy? Is he not from Russia. What? Who? Who why, the fuck why, is this guy? Yeah. Why is he black trunks from, and from Mongolia? Mongolia? Like. Genghis Khan and the Mongol hordes Mongolia. Except they don't play that into that. Yeah, He's thank God they don't have they don't have Volkov doing yellow face. I don't think anyway. Unless they, they don't got really him wearing like the hat or nothing. Yeah. Um. Also, apparently, this match is just casually two out of three falls. Um, yeah. Which took me back enough, and then. Our other tag match later in the night was also two out of three falls. Is that just, was it just standard of the day for tag matches to be two falls? I feel like it's not. Because they were like, this is a special stipulation, two out of three falls. Okay, so why were both of them two falls? Yeah, it's a big MSG match based show, baby. Wasn't all of, weren't weren't they at MSG on a weekly basis? I'm like a more like a monthly basis. Okay, fine. Uh, the precursor to the monthly pay per views. It's all coming together. Basically, um, yeah. Cool. This is so, the equivalent of a pay per view WWF show in 1977. Yeah, you want to put that out there in the world. By the by, we now have a normal ref in here, dressed in the stripy shirt and all. Looks like a fucking ref. A- acts like he actually gives a shit. Um. Andre, you know, uh, as, as the opposite of, you know, Strongbow and Volkov, Andre does seem to actually get billed from where he's, you know, from. Yeah, he's from that's, Grenoble and the French Alps. That's a nice rarity. Um, b- before the match starts, just like George the Animal Steel before him, Ken Patera now is the one that decides, fuck this, and leaves. Um, and Chief Strongbow also exits the ring in... I, I I thought he was, was like too, trying to chase him off or something. Was, I don't well, know yeah, well, it was too nonchalant though to be called hot pursuit, so I'm gonna call it lukewarm pursuit. Yeah, he lukewarm kinda, like, pursuit. And then Ken Patera comes back after Ken Patera. Ken and Patera comes oh, back, and oh, Vince yeah, just, and Vince describes this as a separatist, separatist type, type movement, movement with here Patera. with Patera. What what does that mean, Vince? Uh, in that Patera is not discussing things with his tag partner Nikolai Volkov. Thank thank you. Which Vince. amazingly comes back. I didn't think it would. 
And you think that would come back around? Nah, um, they're they're two heels. They can't coexist. Can they coexist? No. I wrote I no, wrote also that when Andre is getting announced, Vince is like 440 pounds. That's a lot of beef. Thank you, Vince. Which, Thank you uh, so which much. funny enough, Andre's not even the biggest human being on this show. Is he not? No, we'll get to a guy later who's bigger than Andre he, is, at least in terms of weight. Fuck. I don't know who that is. I didn't catch that. Well, I'll make well, the note for you. Oh, actually, no, I know who you're talking sure, about. Now. Surely okay. there's only one other person it could yep. be. Well, because well, pardon me if I found him rather blank and you miss it. Um, but we'll yeah, get to, know, we'll get to him. We'll we'll get to him. Anyway, um, and, I just want to take this time to kind of point out is that this we are in closer to peak Andre. Now yes. I think you can tell uh this is not an Andre that needs to can, lean like, on the ropes because move? he can't. His back is not so fucked that he can't, like, actually be a strong boy. There's not, like, a persistent, deeply depressing lethargy to everything he does. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, something I didn't realize until, again, listening to, to fucking Ringmaster is how much Andre did not like his heel turn. And so that probably didn't help, like his energy in ring. So here yeah. my man is at the top of his game. The crowd loves him. He's smiling. He was such wholesome content. Um, I love him. I love Andre. <laughs> I, I love and Andre Rusimov with all my heart. Uh, gone too soon. King. Um, yep. and, 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 uh, and Strongbow is well. He's being he's being he's the guy. My man is he's jumping. He's le I'll have he's whatever doing the the, 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 the. Strongbow was having, man. You know, fucking. I bet Strongbow was over here. Like, yeah, man. I'm a method wrestler. I smoked many things through a peace pipe before every single match. Give me some powerful hallucinations, brother. I I have done Kehoti. I believe, I think my man legitimately has convinced himself that he is, like, some great native warrior chief because he I sure wanna, as fuck acts like he thinks I he is. I want to speak right now, and it's a thing I can't believe I ever had, I was ever going to say. Yes. But thank you, Tatanka, because your stupidity killed the native american fake native american gimmick in wrestling forever wait, and i want to thank do? you for that wait what'd he do he just sucked oh. he sucked and then no one ever played a fake native american on tv wrestling ever and again i was really hoping that it, that like tatanka came out and said something just like deeply racist and that no. the activist got on his ass about it no he just sucked yes um, well, I, yeah, this is one thing you can't say about Chief J Strongbow is, is he, he certainly, he certainly doesn't lack for energy. Um, even if he looks deeply hopped up on many, many things. Um, yeah. so, uh, basically uh, this is the first match where they really lean into this, but will not be the last. So these early part of this match, it goes like, Ken Patera gets in a full Nelson on Chief J Strongbow. And as yes. he's fighting, he's fighting. And oh no, sorry, my bad. Not no, I got this is different. Strong Chief J Strongbow puts Patera in a full Nelson. Oh, Patera okay. gets out of it. And Patera's like flexing and going, Yeah, I'm so strong. Strongbow tags in Andre, and then Andre puts in a full Nelson. <laughs> yes. I there was, I don't know if it was here. I swear to God. 
for a second, I thought this was like tornado tag rules because I swear to God, there was a moment there where, are some loose tags. Yeah, Andre and Strongbow switch, and I did not, I did not see a tag uh-huh. at all, and I was like, oh, I guess we're doing tornado rules. But then, like later on, they switch back and they very visibly tag, and the ref is like, oh, tag. So I saw it. Loose even might be a bit of an understatement if we're just Yeah, the- so, you know, basically this match is like Chief Stay Strongbow does all right for himself, but the heels, whenever the heels are an advantage, it's because Chief J Strongbow is in the match. Whenever yeah, he tags in Andre, the heels get absolutely squashed. Whenever Yes, Andre's because Andre in is invincible and untouchable and you can't do anything to him because he's too big. It doesn't make sense. Um... It doesn't make sense for him to, to be hurt, brother. Um, yep. Fucking, um, also, our, our friend who the mic is constantly picking up is back. Uh, I feel like at this point, my man deserves more of a more of a subtitle than just the generic crowd chatter subtitle. I feel like he deserves the dignity of having his insane ramblings written out for all of us to enjoy. He does deserve it. Um, he does. He really does. Um, Andre gets in the heel corner, and so the heels, for the one time in the match, they're able to like take out on be the advantage on Andre. They get him in two on one. Yeah, Strongbow like runs over to fight off Patera. Yeah, and, Patera. and then so Andre makes Volkov and Patera headbutt each other, and then Chief J Strongbow just grabs the steel chair and brains Ken Patera in the head on the Bro, outside. What? the fuck no, are no, these rules no fucking nothing no problem he's not the legal man it's fine um Dude, he can do whatever he wants because he's the not the normal legal man. face nor he's a face it's okay don't worry about it guys um fucking okay um i i there is one uh um one spot here that i i want to point out because it was kind of fucking wild um so um yeah Strongbow has Volkov in a hold and has him there for like a long ass time. He and then after keeping uh uh Volkov in that hold, Strongbow hits Volkov in the head once. Or no 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 no. Um wait, has a hold has Volkov in a hold forever and then oh oh um no, Volkov finally shakes Strongbow off by hitting him in the head. Um, hits, yeah. So Volkov gets hit there. Strongbow gets hit, head, getting hit, gets hit in the head once. Jesus Christ, this episode has melted my brain. Gets hit in the head once, ba- releases the hold, bounces off the ropes, slides between Volkov's legs, and tags Andre back in. And it was actually kind of a cool little bit. Uh, yeah, I yeah. That was kind of sick. Um, um yeah and then at one point patera has strongbow in a in a choker um in a choker hold and then volkov just comes in to stomp on strongbow well, i'll get, and... we'll get to we'll get to the full that sequence of events in a second. oh okay i got, I, I, have, I wrote a lot of notes on that sequence oh, okay, um please. but first of all is is volkov gets in the match and andre starts doing limb work um he like he does like an elbow drop to volkov's legs i was like i would be terrified to take an elbow drop to the knee i would from a guy andre's side to to take an anything drop to the anywhere from a guy andre's sides but they're working the leg on this guy and volkov gets strongbow in a bear hug 
And I was like, holy shit. And then Daniel Bryan would be loving this. The yes. bear hug. Um, but then he fights it out. And I think that's the moment you were thinking of when he like slides out and like gets it to tag into Andre. Yeah. And then Andre puts Volkov in a bear hug himself. Yes. And, and, like, and Volkov dies for a hot second. Yeah. So we later in the match, then Patera gets in a headlock on Chief J Strongbow. And yes. like Andre is desperately trying to make the tag. Andre is literally almost falling over the ropes trying to make Dude, Andre. So, so. 1977 ring ropes are much less sturdy than 2020. They are very loosey goosey. But Andre, especially, he looks like he's just like bending down string when he leans against them. It is no yeah. resistance whatsoever. And so Andre makes the tag, but the ref missed it. And Volkov runs in to attack Andre. And Andre has to go back to the ring. And we're back to well, fucking, fucking well, and, 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 Volkov, and Volkov fucking comes in and stomps on Strongbow in full view of the ref and just nothing happens. So good to know Whatever. that you know, even in 1977 tag team rules were practically, practically non-existent. Tradition! You know, yeah, that's so, some of the real, real tenets of the sport. Andre being, tags oh. in. He hits a huge atomic drop to Ken Patera's testicles. As he <laughs> with atomic You'll love to see it. Uh, and then Andre, back the atomic see, drop. Da, da, da. you know, Andre, he gets Patera in the corner and he does his like butt squash thing where he like just backs into you, into people in the corner. And then <laughs> he gets Volkov in the same corner. So it's both dudes in the corner. Andre's holding him there. And Chief J Strongbow does a jumping splash over like he lands on top of Andre and splashes into the two guys. You know, in the corner, the, the illegal man in this fight again, totally. In we are just ref. having fun here. We're just, we're just having a grand old time. But anyway, um, Strongbow gets Nikolai Volkov in a sleeper hold. Patera runs in with a high knee to the back, and okay. this is where they ring the goddamn bell for it. It's the lightest. It's the lightest fucking knee, by the way. A Patera like lightly knees Andre in the back with this and just gets him to stumble the fuck down into the core. Okay, dude. Uh, Vince describes this as trouble in River City. Um, and you know, th thinking about it, it's not a shock to me that Vince McMahon is a fan of, you know, the music man. Uh, you know, v Vince is over here being like, no, I, I think it's so wholesome how that nice man lied to the entire city for his own enrichment. Shame he had to be tied down to that mousy little moralistic librarian ah! at the end you got trouble my friend you got you got a knee my friends knee is a cat it's a rhymes with p it stands for p. it's for wwe i don't fucking know and um uh yeah so the so the match is incredible for, it counts as a fall though um so thank you ref for finally enforcing some semblance of the rules i want to know why this was your moment why why this was the straw that broke your back fuck what oh like when i was messaging you no i admit i'm talking about the ref like why was this the moment oh oh the DQ? ref why was this yeah. the moment you're decalling the dq huh it's so fucking arbitrary tag rules exist when you feel like they exist yeah okay Schrodinger's tag so, andre and the and strong and strong i wrote strong man strong bow fight well, the yeah. heels knock the heels out of the ring the heels are retreating Patera and Volkov start like shoving and arguing with each other on the outside. Ooh, well, friction. Fucking, fucking, uh, uh, yeah. And then, and then, so we, we cut away for a second and then come back with order restored to our 
to our second fall of the match. Um, yeah. So round two begins, and it lasts all of fucking two minutes. Um, we we get a little bit more like decent action in the ring, but we yeah, get so- the dumbest we get the dumbest fucking malfunction at the junction possible, where like. Um, Volkov is Volkov is, is running it strongbow. Strongbow does like, the drop down, and Volkov just keeps running and shoulder and, tackles and, and, Patera and, off. Well, the and Ken Patera, having seen this whole thing play out, and it's not like they're moving super fast because you know nineteen. He just stays in the line he, of no, sight. More, more than that, he steps into the fucking ring. He just casually is like, "Oh, I guess it's my turn now," and then he gets yeah. fucking bodied by fucking fucking bodied by volkov you dipshit and then of course so of course patero won't stand for this so the 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 heel tag team just completely resolves or dissolves andre and strongbow take advantage and andre gets the big splash for the dub lol fuck you that that's our super special guys that's our super special two out of three falls match folks yeah now match number five um Lenny uh, Hurst. fucking uh so well, one more thing i want to point out mm-hmm. patero dejectedly walks uh walks back up the ramp vince says there's patero going back to the dressing room he apparently gave off on gave up on volkov yeah he also apparently fucking gave, gave up on his vow to slam andre what the fuck happened to that he didn't even make an attempt but okay didn't even try pal didn't even didn't even oh man all right next, okay yeah. so next match match number five uh Lenny Hurst versus Stan Stacy. Oh boy. Okay. okay. I found it. So I I finished watching this episode, dear viewer, before Austin did. Um, and Austin told me as he was because because you know, we will sometimes like tweet or message each other while we're watching stuff. Um, and Austin told me how he um uh how how he was actually getting invested in in, in more Lenny so than I expected. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Well, not necessarily a lot, but you know, more than yeah, I Yeah, well, you yeah. the fucking fucking uh uh you didn't have much to get invested in considering how squashy squash of a match this was. Right. So, first stand the man Stasiak, great name. Yes. And uh, Lenny Hurst who is apparently from Jamaica. Yeah, it's his MSG uh, debut. I looked him up. Uh, he also gets billed from being from London slash South London. So I'm going to take a wild guess that he probably is not actually Jamaican. I think he has a little bit of Kofi Kingston disease going on. Oof. Oof. Uh, I wrote Stasiak looks like someone's alcoholic father. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, folks, where's the lie? lie? It's not wrong. Uh, you're, and you're this is the four. This is the, like this, and this is like the fifth ever WWF champion. Yeah, fucking, your alcoholic father who just who just sees a black guy on the street and is like, ah, fuck this guy. Yeah, this country's <laughs> going to hell. <laughs> uh yeah okay this and match I, matters I, a little that vince is still at the beginning of the match fucking speculating on more like of the patera volkov dynamic backstage I, I took umbrage with the fact that we are so committed to heels refusing to st- aggressive to like be an initiator in this match that stan stasiak is a former world champion and yet he is refusing to wrestle a guy who is basically a rookie well, that yeah. is 
that's dude, the rules, Austin. Kick his ass. But you are, but what you if, are... but what ah! if Ross could get kicked? What what if what if what if the rookie's good? What if it kicks? What if the rookie kicks his ass? He's got to preserve his image, dude. That is kind of what happens in the early going here. Like, yeah, he's able to kind of hold his own on this guy, on the former world champ. Yeah, Lenny's like, you know, for for this jobber ass motherfucker, he puts up a he puts up a fight. Um, Vince Vince even uh, has to comment on Hurst with a good looking pair of legs. Keep please keep in your pants, Vinny. Um, please calm down over there. We please we we know he's doing this announcing with only one hand. It's fine. <sighs> um, we get we get a moment where like Stasiak gets knocked down and like the ref comes to check on him and he basically tells the ref to like back the fuck off and he's yeah so like up. yeah so and like we, Lenny, we Lenny a- has Stan by his ankle which only the ankle by the way he's holding one ankle, ankle and 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 Stan is it's like pounding the, the mat he's like ah ah, ah. anyway so he Stan lays down at one point and so the ref starts counting him down like one two. And he kicks out, and he's like, "Hey, now!" And then we fucking cut back to just a random ass freeze frame. It's not a replay of it; it's a still image. It's a still image of Stasiak just wagging his finger in the ref's face. Thank you. Um, Also, the fucking the fucking captions, man. This auto-generated ass doubling over Lenny hurts. At one point, it says Lenny hurts, not hurts. You idiots. but Lenny's Lenny's power moves don't last for long because literally, like within two minutes, jobber squash, jobber squash. Yeah, Stan, Stan Jack takes over. Vince is out here being like, I don't think, I don't think Stan, I think Stan is closing his fists for these punches. Uh, yeah, Stan really? goes for his signature maneuver, the heart punch. This is what passes for a finishing move in 1977 oh. is just punching a guy in the chest. I mean, come on, Austin. Wouldn't that wouldn't that finish you off there? There's no need. Oh, for it totally would. But I, this is not very it's not very visually interesting. Just watch him just punch the guy in the chest and be like, bam. All bam. right, you're done. Pal. Pow- man, man. Someday we got to have a whole discussion on power creep in the anime that is pro wrestling. Yeah. So um, fucking, Lenny Hurst, uh, Lenny Hurst yeah. Lee Hurst gets Stan laying down in a head scissors and starts humping the air. <laughs> Make notice of this. Um, I think you have do... to deal the way around. Uh, uh, Stan gets Lenny. Uh, no, right? Len- it's it's Lenny that gets Stan in the head scissors. Oh, um, okay. but then Stan gets up and he offers the hand to Lenny to do a test of strength. And despite using only one hand, Lenny can't break his hand from Stan's, and Lenny has to do a drop kick to knock Stan out of the ring to make him let go. Like oh, total wow. jabroni moot here, pal. Man man he tried he 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 would did not have the strength unfortunately yeah so the finish of this match is lenny drop kicks stan and stan gets stuck in the ropes he starts beating on stan stasiak stasiak gets his boot up into lenny's face he gets up out of the ropes and then he basically his heart punch is he like grabs the arm and puts it one arm behind this dude's head and then he just punches him square in the chest and that's it Eight minutes and twenty-one yeah, seconds. Yeah, you fucking, assholes. you fucking knock the chakras out of alignment. Obviously, that's some like judo shit right there. He he did some jutsus beforehand, and then oh, he did oh, the, oh, he did the boom. he did the ancient one shit and like it all it all Lenny ripples. Soul out of his body. Lenny Hurst chest 
triples the fucking soul astral projects for a second. And yes, one, one heel victory on this two and a quarter hour wrestling show. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, I guess the baby face can't really go over on this one here. Exactly one shot. One shot for the evening. And, that's and then out comes... The you're after, gonna do. after this, out comes well, I guess two. Billy Graham with the Grand Wizard. Yeah. I'm glad you gave me some context. Because when I first heard that, I was like... I want to uh, hear your notes about it before I give context to the Grand Oh, my, my... So my note is uh, they mentioned... So they're in the habit of just introducing all the managers on mic at the beginning of matches. So we get, uh, we get fucking, um, um, Bruno's manager announced first, uh, Arnold Scotland, the golden boy of wrestling, I guess. Um, and then all I have is Billy. So I have Arnold Scotland equals Bruno's manager. And then next I have Billy's manager equals the grand wizard of wrestling with about a bajillion question marks. I was just like, ah, uh, uh, did they know did they yes, have an idea? They did. All right, so let's give a little history lesson here. Ernie yes, Roth was no was a got his professional. He got his uh, he was a professional wrestling career. He's always been a manager. Actually, he was he originally was a disc jockey, and he got brought into the re, into the wrestling business as a manager in Detroit based territories. Actually, hey, hometown boy. So he he was became the heel manager originally of the original Sheik, uh, oh. who was very much a big player in uh, the Detroit area. Not not of the Iron Variety. No, the the Sheik. The Sheik. And he was he went as Abdullah Farouk. That is why he wears a turban. If, oh, by the no. way, I was wondering about that, and I was Abdullah white guy this whole time. Yeah. So he, oh. so he, the, the way Wikipedia, um, the way Wikipedia says it, he basically helped pioneer the concept of like a manager that directly interferes in matches. Really? For heel shenanigans. Oh, well, that's fascinating. Not that he does that for this show, he uh, but he comes into the WWE, uh, in the, the WWF. And yes. he becomes known as the Grand Wizard. Uh, and the thing is, is that he is, he was, he, the Roth is Jewish. And yes. so he took the name, the Grand Wizard, as a snub to the Ku Klux Klan, who also okay. their leaders are, of course, the, the Grand, Grand Wizards. Yes. Okay. Well, and so he would glad, manage a like, great many number of heels. Um, throughout his time in the wwf and his current protege is superstar billy graham and well, yeah. he basically is this little small dude with these flamboyant jackets and he's got the big sunglasses and, and then a turban and a big colorful turban yeah, I was wondering if that was meant to be like a crumpled like KKK hood. I wasn't sure, but like no, like, it's it's that, it's a carryover from when he was Abdullah. That, none of that makes sense on like you know a normal person logical standpoint, but it makes sense as as like a sequence in a wrestling way that checks to, that's a, that checks yes. out completely. Yes, uh, but yes, the 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 man whom we are here to see. Billy Graham, superstar. Superstar. Gonna rip off your character. 
<laughs> I so can, when, it took me a second to come up with that one. I was very proud of that. Hey, so when Billy Graham comes out with the wiz with the grand wizard, Vince is out here trying to get an interview. The only one of these yeah. on the show. The crowd, I wrote the crowd fucking hates this guy. Oh, um the deep, deep desperate. Anyway, uh, Vince calls guy. him a controversial world champion due to the way he beat Bruno, even though they don't really explain deeper as to what he may or may not have done to beat Bruno. And but nine, anyway, Kevin, you treat every show as somebody's 50th wrestling show. Of course. So Vince is out here. Like there's 27,000 in the stands tonight. Billy's like, Oh yes, 27,000 in the stands and thousands more out on the streets who couldn't get in the building. And he is just talking himself up. He goes, I, I did write this quote because it's like one of his more famous quotes. So I was like, I got to get the, the, the full bit here. Is I'm the champion. I'm the greatest. I'm the strongest. I got the proof, baby. And he holds up the belt. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. Yeah, he's no he's no CM Punk. Um, the it, for for now for for what we're used to in the year of our Lord 23, 2023, as heel promos go, pretty generic. But like he was spitting, uh, he was still spitting a little bit. And like considering the work rate that gets people going in nineteen seventy seven, I feel like if you talked with any kind of actual energy. That was enough to get people like frothing at the mouth. So you know. Oh yeah. Um, this, but then he shows one, off. Sorry. Were, go ahead. Before we go, I would say there was one. I would say that like one other quote that like if I could try to get his get um get this. I'm trying to see if I can write it back. I should have written it down. But there was like one famous quote of his that I was like, I want to if I can get if I can find where he says this promo out loud is okay there's actually a couple he's another big quote of his i am the woman's pet the men's regret what you see is what you get and what you don't see is better yet that's not bad that's actually not bad uh but where's the one that i am really god damn it all right uh let's see Oh, I know how to I know how to get the quote I'm looking for. Uh okay. He's here he goes. Uh he goes, I'm superstar Billy Graham. I eat uh I live barbell plates, I eat T-bone steaks, I'm sweeter than a German chocolate cake. Thank you, thank you, Billy. But also that feels like a pretty good encapsulation of his character. And honestly, goals. I also wanna what beat T-bone steaks and eat chocolate cakes? Is that it? No, uh he he eats T-bone steaks and he's sweeter than cho- German and chocolate And he's sweeter cake. than chocolate cake. You know what? That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. I, I can't lie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my but yeah, man. Yeah, then he takes off, off the he... shirt and just starts flexing. Arms! 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 It's the body Arms. of a champion. This is the space of a champion. This is the beauty of a champion. This is the brain of a champion. Man. man I'm this... the greatest. This is the blue. This is like Dusty Rhodes blueprint all the fucking way. Yep. Especially he's got a very similar high pitch. Like the difference between my Billy Graham voice and my Dusty Rhodes voice, Daddy, is I got more of a lisp when I'm talking like Dusty. <laughs> there are a few side part. There are a few voices in wrestling that make me happier than that at Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dream, Daddy. Yeah, that's. That's basically the difference between Billy a, doing a Billy Graham impression and a Dusty Rhodes impression is the lisp, and 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 the, and, and I feel like Dusty is a bit more like general chill about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, daddy, <laughs> fuck it. Oh man. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so the 
uh, the, this is declared as the main event, but we still have an hour left in this godforsaken episode. Um, and Thankfully, I they didn't just wrestle for an hour. An Iron Man match. Yeah, imagine that. Um, so Billy Graham, so they're gearing up to actually start the match. Billy Graham pushes Arnold Scotland, and Vince calls this psychological tactics at its best. Not at its best. I'm afraid. Ha 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 ha. No. Um, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno starts off the, the bout putting in the fucking work, though. I will say. He is, he is here to fucking kill Billy Graham. He beat Billy beat him for the belt two months ago. He is fucking pissed. Not mad. He's not mad. He's not mad. The crowd is here for Bruno San Martino beating this dude's ass. Murderizing the fuck out of Billy Graham. Um, yeah, and then, Billy Graham, but, like, uh, he just kind of takes to the tactic of just vibing out at the edge of the ring halfway between the ropes. What the fuck was that all about? Well, if he's not in the he's in the ropes, Bruno, he can't pin him, he can't beat him in there. Oh my god, so we're just getting weasel tactics, yeah, weasel tactics from uh, the dude who's built like our like a fucking, yeah, built like a fucking tank, okay. He's a he's gonna heal, I guess. Yeah, heal's gonna heal, even if yeah. So then, I I wrote with a moment's reprieve. Billy Graham's able to get Bruno in a full Nelson, and I was the full Nelson. All right, so here's 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 where I think I had this realization in the next match, but here's I'm gonna bring this up right now. Is I I mentioned earlier that I had thoughts about why I don't like these matches the way. Like something about like the move, like the spot monkey move stuff that I don't like about it is because Ma- I can watch modern matches that are less that aren't as, you know, high fly flippy do work rate. Right. And what, but so why, what, what's my problem on this show? And I think I realized one of my problems. Everybody does the same fucking moves. Yes. Everybody does the same moves. And with the exception of a few people, Everyone basically has the same level of character. No so, one has a unique feeling move set, and like we're no one's moving fast enough to distract you from that fact. And yeah, no one, there, ha- yeah, no one has a no one has a unique place. presence or move set. So it just All feels just like I'm watching dudes. I feel like I'm watching nine straight versions of the same match. Pretty much, yeah. It, and, like, the the thing is, too, like, half the time they're all doing the same moves to each other. Like, one person will try a full Nelson, the other try. They do this. Yeah. This is a big thing of this match is, like, yeah. Billy Graham gets in a submission move, Bruno breaks out, and then Bruno does the exact same move. Yeah, Vince was talking on commentary, I think, about how, like, how big the full, the full Nelson was as a move for Billy Graham, like almost a signature move of his. So glad to see that Billy Graham just had a, had a hand inspiring just some of all of the worst excesses of the wrestling industry. You know, Hulk, everything that is Hulk Hogan, the full Nelson, hell of a legacy to leave behind. Um, yeah. Vince, Vince also, he, he, uh, um, uh, prompts the audience to remember that San Martino's neck was broken not too many years ago. At, actually, not not too many months ago. Which is it, Vince? Which is it? Because one of those is more likely to still be a problem. Yes, he's he just he does he's kind of like uh yeah Bruno's neck was broken a few years ago. Sorry, I meant months. Ago. 
Thank you. I wrote um, so many notes on this match, and I honestly now don't even want to go through them. I know. Like, maybe it's just from having gone through five of these matches before, God, but I'm like, exhausting. I like we've it's talked about so much, and yet we've talked more about of the nothing. same shit. It's my it, problem. Yeah, San Martino locks in the not locks in the his own Nelson, and Graham can't break it. Uh, the, I guess rope breaks are a thing in 1977 because Billy Graham finally breaks breaks. That is a huge rope. element of the match. Is is like Billy always gets a rope break, and that's how he do, gets out when Bruno puts him in moves. I I definitely understand that now. Um, yeah, but like, so, but like, man, man, it got repetitive. But it also, I guess, cool to know that like in 1977, rope breaks were a thing because I just kind of assumed they weren't for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it goes and they just as it goes from like moves it's all about the full nelson then it's all about uh arm like a wrist lock and then it's all about then it's all about a headlock then it's all about bear hugs like the holds you can just take everything we've said about the various matches of the last in the last hour and it's like that and More the same, just with two bigger names it's the two bigger names and it feels like it's a bigger match but technically speaking it's more of the same match so i, I don't even feel like going through all these goddamn notes um yeah, yeah i'm right there with you man so let's just go ahead and skip to the end where basically bruno and and billy just keep punching each other and the ref is like okay we gotta break this up and have some decorum here and billy keeps knocking the fucking ref down yes he knocks over the ref three times dear listener three fucking times and it's only after the third knockdown that the ref decides to to call this dq so just to recap this fucking main event Starts off with, like, crazy, unhinged, but ultimately basic promo from Billy Graham. A lot of flexing. Uh, Bruno trying to have a legitimate athletic match. Billy Graham slowing the pace to a fucking crawl. And then it's, um, can I take your order? Uh, yeah, I'll have a submission hold. How original. And with a reversal. Daring today, aren't we? That's fun. <laughs> number two for you kids. Um, uh, you know, I got to keep find a way to keep the, the uh, so we have a bunch of that. Little little bit of hugging, little bit more like stumbling the fuck around. But fucking Bruno like has Billy. I I, I do want to point this out. Bruno's got Billy Graham in a hold at one point. Billy Graham stumbles them toward the ropes, and San Martino just kind of like clumsily trips through the ropes like a fucking chump. Dumbest way to let go of that of that fucking hold. But then yeah. So one, two, three knockovers of the ref DQ ending for our supposed main event. It is a you double fucking... DQ. Yeah, it's not. It's not even fucking Bruno's fault. Billy's at fault for all three. But I guess since Sam Bruno San Martino was in the vicinity of the ref, Bruno was out. kicking too much ass. That he, he was not. He was not too. getting away. Oh he my was, god. He was refusing to let up too. So that was the joke. Yeah, so we don't even get a proper heel win here. They both lose. Fucking dipshit. Dumb. 18 minutes and 39 seconds and it was to pointless. end in a double DQ. It was pointless. Nothing was accomplished. 
A uh, very funny moment, though, after the match where Br- Billy is out of the ring. Bruno is still trying to take swings at him. And so he's trying to reach over through the ropes to get at Billy Graham. And he knocked over the ref. So the ref is just laying under Bruno while Bruno is trying to attack Billy Graham on the outside. Um, d- Sorry, complete, complete tangent. Uh. I feel like I feel like my uh, YouTube notifications are even uh, are even being inspired by the era that we're in. I just got a fucking uh, for some re- for some unholy reason. Uh, I've never unsubscribed from WatchMojo.com, even though I've not watched one of their videos in forever. I just really? got a, no- a notification of a new episode from them. WatchMojo.com. 10 the 10 most evil mexicans in history vince senior is somewhere in in some kind of afterlife smiling right. ethnic pandering folks we love to see it any fucking way speaking of ethnic pandering holy fuck anyway holy okay first fucking i wrote baron fuck. von raschke and Freddie blassie nice yes! i ready i dared here. I dare to be excited because I was like Baron von Raschke. Heard about this guy all the time. Yeah, watch the match. AEW once to fucking claw some motherfucker. <laughs> so I was like, let's go, and he's taking on the Polish power Ivan Putzky. Oh was, yeah, and I was like, and, this and, is and World Baron War II, motherfuckers. Because if uh, you can't guess, Baron von Rasky is a Nazi. Nazi coded. He yeah. steps in the ring and then throws up his hand into the claw. Got a fucking like iron cross design on his cape. Um, so yeah, I guess we're just out here creating the fucking march through the Rhineland, but in the squared circle. <laughs> Don't okay. worry, guys. Baron von Rasky is not German. He is from Nebraska. He is just cosplaying as a Nazi for uh, his you wrestling know, gimmick. Nebraska, the Germany of the states. That's what we're always saying it's a, here. It's in like how Fritz von Erich is a good is a Christian Texas man who also oh, decided boy. the reason his name is Fritz von Erich is because he also cosplayed as a Nazi character. I mean, he was he was a piece of shit anyway. So at least that was fitting. Um, mm-hmm fucking yeah okay so we're uh this is our seventh contest of the evening i thought for a mo because they did build the last match as the main event so i thought okay they've tacked on a second episode of msg no this no is this our, is all the same show that last evening. match was probably that last match was probably like they probably had an intermission after the title match. Ah, uh, yes. Then... When I say main event, I mean the end of Act One. Um, right. That is. That's yeah. how you say it. Yeah, obviously. We're and we're also back to a ref who's dressed like a fucking mechanic. Except this one is a lot more energy than the last guy who did not yeah. dress like a ref. So that was nice. So I, I, I don't know why I even remotely got my hopes up for this match. I yeah, don't that know was what I was doing. Hey, that was your first this. mistake, kiddo. This match is of course more of the same more of the now, same shit so much so that almost fucking immediately rashki tries to ape george Steele's hidden weapon bit what weirdly yeah <laughs> okay he fails he, fucking miserably he like he both fails and doesn't fail because first he pulls the fucking thing out nearly immediately and then he starts like fiddling around with it in his pants 
and Ivan Putsky is is reasonably like this seems sus to me. Uh, Ref, go check him for hidden objects. Uh-huh. But and so the first time this happens, Rashki keeps it hidden in his hand, and the ref can't find it. Can't find it yeah. in, his, in his trunks. The second time, Putsky's like, seriously, go check him for this shit. Rat Rashki casually tosses the whole the item in a corner and doesn't get caught with it. I thought this would be a checkoffs gun, except the gun no. never goes off. Oh no! I knew as soon as he threw it away. I'm like, well, this isn't coming back, is it? No, fucking I it was uh, come back. No, of course not, Austin. He just failed at it. Because why would anything? Why would anything on this show have a fucking point to it? Um, so like, so I will, I'll is- give them a little bit more credit in that Ivan Putsky is a lot more of a, I'm a punch you guy as a wrestler than a lot of the yeah. other dudes we've seen so far, but otherwise it's, it is a little bit, it is a whole lot of the same of like, get him in a hold, work the hold. The footage is clearly starting to deteriorate on whatever they, there's one time they have a cut. It just, <laughs> it just cuts to like probably a couple minutes later within the match just out of nowhere um fucking there's a there's it's a it's just weird uh there's a point where rashki has has puts putski's leg like they're both standing rashki is like holding on to putski's lifted leg putski like holds out his fist and like caresses rashki's face and uh vince comments on how putski kisses that fist uh that's 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 one way to. he's to really big into hold. that idea he's like, um, he's like let's kiss yeah. his fist before he punches a guy uh he, uh he also looks like he's about to kiss rashki which you know would certainly be another way to break the hole yeah, what a what a progressive so moment in 77 that would have been so tenderly caressing that face austin did you not see yeah. i was rooting for a kiss there okay um uh, our, our know- front row camera camera mic guy is officially gone feral as i just hear joe pesci incoherent screeching uh, uh amongst the camera um, okay so an interesting thing that i've never seen before that i, I will bring up is so putsky's got baron in the baron von raschke in the head in a head scissors and so yes. baron raschke tries to like roll himself over and oh so he rolls himself over right and so he's in this position of like his head is in basically in Putsky's thighs and Yo. he is bent over, right? So <laughs> a super common way you, you see wrestlers try to break out of this is like handstand, like do like a handstand cartwheel their way out of it, yes. right? So Rashki goes to do that and Putsky just pushes him back and down. It's more than a push. He fucking spanks him on the ass. He's like, get the fuck down. Yeah, smacks Rashki's ass, and Rashki's like, okay, and goes back down. All to, right, I guess that for, didn't work. For more death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> okay, anyway. um, Yeah, Aaron, fucking Rashki's over here suffocating between... Yeah. Ivan Putsky's legs for like 10 fucking minutes or something. Yeah, and then he, they get back he's got up a little and bit they just... drop on the deck and flop like a fish going. Um, hey, oh, uh, hey, yeah, there you hey, go. Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, uh, yeah. I respect that, like, in between holds, they just punch the shit out of each other, help yes. keep things a little more moving. Uh, but I also then, feel like he could have gone for a rope break at any time. He's a long, lanky he boy. Baron Rasky is very tall. He's he very tall. He could have reached those ropes. That's such dumb bullshit that he did. Yeah. Um, uh, at one point, he just, he I just was, lets I out was, as he's uh, dying in between Ivan's legs. I was 
very happy though is that i was like what if he doesn't do the claw because and because i was like this is all i'm really here for with rasky is to see him do the stupid claw but he did it he does the brain claw which is he it's like the regular squeezy squeeze claw but your head which uh. Ironically, Pusky kind of proves how stupid this move is because he yeah. literally powers out of it relatively easily. Yeah, he fucking survives it as 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 Vince uh Vince can't help but comment on how Ivan Putsky's massive thighs are rippling. Yeah. Handstand spank spot to electric boogaloo happens. Yeah, and I it fails again. At one point, Baron von Raschke hits like a sunset flip pin move and i think i my brain broke a little bit seeing that in 1977 after everything else here today i didn't even catch that but it I was tried. very quick and you miss move i was like okay, what the it fuck was such a, it was such a my brain was melted so hard Hit, by this putsky has baron in the ropes and he hits the together. polish hammer which is a double axe handle boom to the chest but <laughs> they're just Rashke. fighting Rashki, when he finally does escape Ivan Putski's death by Snoo Snoo, he like he tries to get like a fucking roll up pin on on Putski, but he does it while holding the trunks, and the, and the rest, rest won't count it. Immediately catches this and doesn't count it. Baron von Rashki is very bad at cheating. He comes off like Baron von Rashki comes off like such a dweeb in this match. Yes. It's, uh, oh my god. I know, he how, comes off so fucking hapless, dude. Ivan Putski's just whipping his fucking ass. And then how does this match end, you might ask? Well, yeah, well, Putski punches Baron Von Raschke oh, so hard, he falls over the ropes, and they start ringing the bell. And I ask and myself, I'm like, what the fuck? What are they? And I was like, this like is this is this is this a? I was like, does WWF do over the top rope DQ rules? Yeah, that's um, what I thought at first. I was like, is this battle royal rules here? But then Oh no, folks. We so, had our it's a 30 minute time 30 limit minute draw. Time limit. Ah! Fuck yeah. I want to point out at I'm keeping track of the timer at this point, and I note to David even that there is like 10 minutes left on this whole show. Now again. Uh, and again, I knew there were we two a, more we a, matches. We had a film deterioration skip, so I don't even know if this is properly 30 minutes or not. It probably wasn't. Um, but either way, so that's DQ number three of the night, if you're well, keeping track just at a home, draw. folks. Either way, it's a no, it's it's a dumb non-pin win. Uh uh, or not at all. It's 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 a, it's a non-ending. It's like our third yeah. one. We had the fucking DQ in the Falls Count Anywhere. We had the fucking double DQ in in the last match, and now we have the fucking time limit draw here. And this, it's not they, even the stupidest finish. It's yeah. not even the stupidest finish of the night. Okay, and Puts then Ivan tries to advocate for five more minutes, even one more minute. No, please release me. Right. Please. Please, mercy, I can't handle any more of this. And then Rasky leaves. He's like, nah, man, I'm done. They start They start fighting for like 30 more seconds, and then Rasky just fucks off. Bruh. Oh, All my right. God. Match Worthless. Number pointless. eight. Nothing was accomplished. Please put me out of my misery. Yeah, match number eight. We are so close to the end. David oh. is Baron, another Baron. In, a, Baron in another Nickel case. Cicluna. 
Sick yeah, which mask. which Sick which the mask. subtitles Sick try the subtitles keep insisting is actually Baron Sicilian. That's not even close no. to what he said. Now he is Sicilian. Uh, he is from the island of Malta. Yeah. So he's, he's but no, he's legitimately Maltese and he and gets billed that way. So you know, points for your rare bit of ethnic accuracy. And then it is he's taking on the high chief uh, Peter Maya Peter Maya Fia, the grandfather Dwayne, of the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's grandfather, making his MSG debut. Um, the audience fucking hates Baron uh, Baron Cicluna uh, because I guess we have some kind of beef with Malta in 1977 or something. I feel I don't like he's know. also vaguely Nazi, but I don't. Yeah, he's not, got as, not as fucking like Iron Cross on a on a cape. So yeah, like, not you know, not probably. not the same as obviously von Raschke, but like you he know. feels vaguely like a Nazi. I guess. Uh, fucking Peter Mayavia. Uh, you know, since he, he's just a simple tribesman who doesn't know any better, he tries to ready his spear to use. And the, the rest, like, dude, put the fucking like, no, spear away. No, and then, like, oh, and then he takes his sweet ass time taking his shit off, his gear off. He's and got a like, whole dude. thing. Like he takes off the headdress, and he's got the he's got he's got the the chieftain dress on under his wrestling tights. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. We got 10 minutes left on the show. Hurry the fuck up. Um, And then, so, okay. And I wrote, Vince thinks the audience has never seen a lower back tattoo before. It's like, that's not war paint. Thank you. He's like, that's not war paint. That's a tattoo. Unlike any you've ever, you people have ever seen. And it's just like, I don't know if he meant the tribe. It's because it's tribal tats. That might be what he meant by that. But I made, but you know, it's funnier to think if Vince does, thinks no one it's just doesn't understand what the tattoo. Fuck a tattoo is yeah of course so mikhail gets off to a hot aggressive start and then my maya via hulks up or whatever and they start yeah. punching each other a little bit and then yeah. mikhail tries to attack maya via in the corner maya via ducks mikhail hits the the turnbuckle falls over peter maivia rolls him up and wins two minutes Yo, seconds. fucking two minutes squash of peter's i was fully expecting poor maivia to be jobbed out no my man is uh made to look powerful as fuck in his msg debut holy shit uh suggest this might be an msg debut record <laughs> That it very well could be, honestly. Um, or they could be fudging the numbers, who knows? Fucking yeah, and not only does Maya Via squash Cicluna, he immediately fucking hits the goddamn Ari Davari pose on the fucking ropes where he like lays, he like gets up to the top rope and like lays across it at the corner, just vibing the fucking sheer swagger on this man you love absolutely to see it. okay man, and the worst part is i was actually kind of into this one my filthy little work rate brain was like ah yes they're actually moving at like pace and then two minutes uh, and then in two minutes done fuck off whatever and oh, cool. whatever i do um, i did make note of it one point like it for the like 10 seconds where where Cicluna actually had a decent like upper hand on on peter Maivia. uh vince says the barefoot samoan is not doing too well for himself at the moment vince too says i like a close toe um, uh, 
Uh, like a closed toe. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's done. Uh, Mr. Fuji's here. Woo! All right, the final match, and I cannot emphasize this enough. I'll put no. it in a second. Thank but first God. of all, this is the tag team match. Two out of three falls. Mr. Fuji and Professor Taru Tanaka sure. versus Dominic Danucci. Dominic Danucci and Haystacks Calhoun. Uh, Haystacks Calhoun, the redneck country boy from Arkansas, who is 601 pounds. Yeah, he do be a big boy. He do be a very big boy. He's famous for how fucking large he is. I I can see it. He's he's in like he don't even got proper gear. He's in fucking overalls, man. Giant ass overalls. Yep. So I was like, what the fuck? Haystacks Calhoun is here. So I wrote, we're gonna do a two out of three falls match in like six minutes. Or Or until or two out of three falls or to the curfew. And then I was like, oh Oh, no. I see this is I see where this is going. You had I I had a little more optimism than you did, which was you know my mistake. Um, I was hope actually I was hoping that it would end in it wouldn't end of the curfew, but uh, yeah, I was like, well, there's gonna quick move like, these guys, right? Anyway, yeah. so Taru wastes a bunch of fucking time throwing salt in every corner of the ring, and then oh, is that what that was? Oh. Yeah, he's throwing ceremonial salt. Ah, uh, yes, the superstitious Japanese. Look at them. The professor doing well, work. Yeah, well, except I guess I guess they're the faces question mark. Except no when way. They, when Tanucci they get in, and Haystack are the baby faces. Well, I would you would think so, but they spend the entire fucking match acting like heels. Do they? Danucci doesn't even like tag in do. haystacks. Yeah, fucking haystacks. Like, uh, there, there's a, there's a fucking point where, like, oh yeah, because Danucci gets Toru into full Nelson, fucking full Nelsons, and yeah. he drags Toru over the rope so Haystack can can cheat can cheap shot him. Well, not like, it's like a Haystack's fucking distracts somehow pulls off distracting the ref by pointing to the other side of the ring, like, oh, oh, look over there, hey, look over and there. The ref, the ref does, and so he fucking bops him on the head. So I'm like, oh, I that's, mean, it's, that's, I think it's, I mean, you know, like I told you before, is I think you know, there's a, you know, it's a questionable morality yeah. from baby faces. And when but, and, and when fucking Fuji and Tanaka get uh get introduced, um, we the the caption says crowd cheering. Now the crowd's cheering sounds like oh, so like X, but. I yeah, felt, so I thought they were the faces here. I thought they were the heels. Um, okay. so know. Fuji hits the kamikaze necktie, which is just a jumping clothesline, but Vince stumbles over himself to say that's what this move is called. Yeah, uh, for the pin, one nothing, three minutes, six seconds for the first fall. Danucci gets up and Fuji hits a back body drop, and then they honestly just keep trying to fight each other. And then uh, funniest bit in this whole match is that, okay, Tor- they do the bit where Toru and Tanaka, Toru Tanaka and Fuji have Danucci in their corner. And Haystacks tries to run in, interfere, and the ref, obviously, yes. instead of stopping the heels, he tries the to stop like, the out, baby out, face. Out. He tries to push Haystacks out of the match, and he can't move him. He, he's literally doing the thing of, like, 
his body is leaned up. He's putting all his weight, and he's like trying to step, but his <laughs> his feet are going nowhere. It's but that the rap. It's funny. But then okay, the bell okay. starts ringing I gotta, out of I, okay. nowhere. No, 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 no. For, first, I got to get a couple notes in before we get to the end sure. of this match. A couple, a couple notes for me. Um, So, yeah, we had that dumb fucking, like, haystack somehow convincing the ref to look the other way spot. Stupid. Um, We, we had Vince on commentary made note of somebody getting hit with a clenched fist, but not in a way that sounded disapproving. So I don't know if the fucking close-handed fist rule was in play in, in 77 no it definitely is i don't know why vince was not was being weird but it was uh, well, definitely a thing it's vince McMahon. uh vince also notes that fuji and tanaka do a a lot of growling in there psychological tactics of course you ah, keep saying ah, that word i don't think it means what you think it means vincent yeah um but also then- one more thing i gotta give a shout out to this fucking ref who at one point, uh, Dominic Danucci, um, has, I think, Fuji down. Um, uh, he, he pulls Fuji down for a pin. And the ref is kind of on the other side of them. The ref fucking runs, vaults over Dominic. Like, Dominic's, like, kind of down. Oh, on yeah, he kind of stumbles, too. And the ref, the ref fucking, like, parkour vaults Dominic Danucci and to get to the other side of him to count the pin. That's the most insane He's shit. He's got a CBA. He's got to be able to this see them ref, shoulders. This ref was into it, and I loved it. And he, so, he, he wasn't a spring chicken, too. This ref looked like he was in his 50s. It just goes, whoop. What the fuck up? But yes. So in what to- is the most insane thing imaginable for a fake show, um, the match just abruptly ends because they've hit the eleven o'clock curfew. They can't oh wrestle God. anymore. They gotta end the show. The fourth and, non-pin finish of the night, and it's and the way so, the show ends. And so they're like. Well, because the Fuji and Tanaka were ahead on points by the edit curfew, they win. Yes, yeah, so we're not even sending the fucking audience home happy. What? This is apparently apparently they're the heels. I guess I don't know. I, I thought they I were don't, the reason, which is why they. Got I mean, I would ball. be unhappy regardless of what who won well, this match. Yes. This was the, but I couldn't believe it. Like I can't emphasize. Okay, so like. All right, I'm going to I'm going to use this as an example, right? Is it like back when I was I was more frequently listened to like Fightful's post show reviews is a thing Sean Ross Sapp would all would never be okay with is logical issues in the sense of like you'd get guys, you'd get arguments of like, well, this dumb thing that Sean thinks is dumb. He w- he would be like, well, it had to be this way because of XYZ prior plot thing. And Sean's response was always, you script the show. You can get around it any way you want. Yes. And I fully agree with that philosophy. And I'm going to re-bring it in here. You script the show. You know that you have to be done by 11 o'clock. You, why did you script the show in such a way that this happened? I don't understand. Like maybe like i don't i Did can't something go of, long like it's, yeah there's th- like th- the only explanation is like either abject stupidity or just weird esoteric logistical issues where they legitimately hit the actual curfew that msg had set for this shit i guess 
and like they were stuck between rock. But it, but again, it's like just you're you're and already clearly aren't creating it, these de- super deep storylines here. Just fucking let one of the teams be squashed a little. Yeah, it's and even fine. If it is, they can get their power is, back right? later. Even if even if you do are like running into issues and you can't start this tag match until six minutes to go. Um, like what was stopping you from saying, actually, this isn't two out of three falls. Yeah. And just then just running run the fall. three minute match that you run in, in the mat that you run for the first fall. And then you're done. Like, yeah. Cause the fucking official sounds so like, so just kind of like, whatever about the announcement he's like oh yeah uh i mean i guess fuji and tanaka got uh, actually got a pin so point goes to them i guess the audience mm-hmm. is like oh okay like unless you advertise it going in that this was a two out of three falls match then like you don't have to stick to that you can just be like fuck it we're doing one fall we don't got time yeah i guess like it i it, it's stupid it was so what a fucking way to end this dude um but i was happy that it was over finally that was the longest fucking two hours and 17 minutes of my life and when it finally came to a head i was like wait wait i think i think it it's over we're done it is by god finally it is fucking over yeah yeah look look i i'm happy we did this because yes. this was a new ground this was new ground for this podcast and it was neat to see people certain wrestlers in their primes in a way that we've never gotten to really see before you know bruno andre billy graham um but like this show was not great it, yes. in my, with my modern 2023 eyes on it and, I, uh, I'm glad we could do, you know what, if this is our way of tributing Billy Graham slogging through what wrestling was like in his heyday, you know, and what, calling God, him the God, highlight of the show. Yeah. Um, Godspeed, Godspeed King rip in peace. Um, again, he, he more than anyone else on this show really felt like the prototype of pro of modern pro wrestling characters to come, especially like as they spun off from like Hulk Hogan tier sensibilities. He certainly, you can see a lot of him in later, in later guys. Um, mm-hmm. So he clearly had a special je ne sais quoi that was a little ahead of what everyone else was doing. Um so that was cool to see in action. And it was cool, boring as I may have found it, to see, like, what wrestling was like back before, like, sports entertainment was the the the, the modus operandi. And it was like, yeah. let's, pre- let's really pretend like we're a sport. Yeah. Um, so an interesting intellectual venture, please please we're, we're never going bar mercy. this far back ever again mercy oh my merciful god king we are not worthy. remember this feeling for next time oh because no. next time wait this is when we gotta go back to 98 for the fucking brawl for all so uh, wasn't i calling you a merciful deity last time for not making me watch fucking brawl for all shit this week you probably did say that yes fuck no fuck it never comes true oh destiny arrives all the same damn it brawl for all 
I don't want it to arrive. Can't it just go to someone else's house? <laughs> no. Oh. This podcast is finishing for all for all. God damn it. No. I will turn this podcast around. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yay. I but that wait. is for next time. Until then, David, hit the plugs. Yes, sir. Dear friends, thank you all so much for listening to yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so, so delighted to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you. You all know the drill. Thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever the hell it is you use to consume our content. We are so delighted to have you here and that you continue to spend your time with us. We love you guys. You know how it goes. New people. Hey, hi, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit, either way, we are so happy that you're here. We hope uh, you feel welcome here. We hope things feel nice and accessible to you. We hope you've had a great time. And if you want to keep having a great time with us week after week after week, I will tell you all of the ways that you can do so just as kind of, you know, give give you the broad scope of all your po- all your options here. Uh, first of all, of course, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Check out all of our playlists because Austin is kind enough to organize all of the arcs that we follow into all of their own separate playlists so you can follow something all the way down without having to like skip around a whole lot it's very nice um uh and you know give us that mm, sweet sweet engagement with your likes and comments and whatnot um and hey you can see our lovely fancy hud and our beautiful faces as austin and i reckon with the brain melting boredom of 1977 msg tapings um, Yeah, pretty much it's it, you know that that one's for all you say this in the audience uh, <laughs> you know just come join join us on the youtube it's a great time but of course if you're a fan of the audio only experience and are much less of a sadist uh you can uh you can come find us on spotify google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. three of the best places to find your podcast um give us a give us a listen uh download our show you can even give us nice little ratings and reviews if you're so inclined let uh let the algorithm and other people know that hey these guys are pretty cool maybe more people should be listening to them i don't know i'm just saying you know just just a thought just spitballing here uh either way uh come give us a nice little listen treat treat your ears folks to the noobs and knockouts podcast on spotify on google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. of course we exist past this little void that we find ourselves in week after week uh we have lives outside of this shockingly uh so you can find us on a few other places on the web outside of our show itself first and foremost of course is our twitter you can find us on twitter on twitter at noobs and knox pod that's at noobs the letter n knox pod on twitter come check us out there we post memes we engage in discourse we put up a post every single time you guys drop a brand new episode so you guys always know what the hell is going on uh, of course the highlight of our twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting uh you know when, whenever we can austin and i have been kind of busy boys recently but when we can uh every uh every wednesday night that we possibly can uh on tbs uh at 8 p.m or Yes, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we are watching AEW Dynamite. I'm talking all about that show. That is the show that I consistently follow and Austin sometimes follows. Um, I'm and- back on it. I just don't watch live. That's fair. That's fair. I've been trying to watch live more. It's going to get spotty for me again, but I'm doing my best here. All right. Um, mm. 
Uh, on top of that, uh, you know, when we have the time, it hasn't been a lot recently, but you know, if we're feeling spicy, we'll also try to, to, to tweet out to, to live tweet about, uh, on Friday nights at 10 PM Eastern on TNT. What else? AEW rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on, but apparently not for much longer. It's going to fucking die and be replaced with collision. It's about to, um, oh, it's about to be the C show, brother. It's about to be turned into dark. And you know what? I'm here for it. I'm going to dark. Was great. I like dark. dark. I liked Dark. It had more than one women's match. True. Yeah, maybe Tony will finally grow the balls to book multiple women on Fuck you. Now, Fuck you, now, not. Women aren't here. Women aren't here. Ring of Honor Tony be like, I got all Ring sorts of women's matches. Oh, my God. The women are here. The, the yeah, no, Tony's like, Tony's like, well, actually, the women aren't a draw. So, so obviously, that means I can't put more than one. You, you're, you're, you're lucky that I'm putting any women on TV, actually. Fuck. I mean, that, that, I mean, that almost unironically is what he says. That's pretty much, yeah. He's like, well, you know, I, it's, Thunder Rose is lucky I gave her any time to announce her, her, uh, her, uh, uh belt and her, her belt run ending fuck belt run ending injury uh you know she she don't draw like cm punk does now that i get ever give any of these women a chance to uh what was i talking about anyway um so yeah so we we do tweet about aew rampage uh i'm sure we'll be tweeting some about collision too when it's when it happens you know that's coming around next month um but yes, so all that good shit. On top of that, my boy Austin, being the knockout that he is, likes to follow all of the major company pay-per-views and sometimes even tweet about them. And we like to tell you guys about them because, hey, pay-per-views are, are awesome. They're a lot of fun, uh, you know, especially for a new viewer. Uh, they're a great jumping on point. They're phenomenal exhibitions of the best that wrestling has to offer. And, you know, it's when every company hits a new chapter and they're storytelling a lot of old storylines and a lot of new storylines start. It's kind of a great jumping on point. So we like to tell you guys all about them. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Right. So this is awkward. Normally in these segments, I would, you know, have a bunch of be able to talk about various upcoming matches. But here's the thing. We're releasing this episode over uh, over uh, Memorial Day weekend and all three major companies are running shows this weekend. So it's like, what what am I going to tell you about? Literally, I mean, like, you know, if you're listening to this on Sunday, the 28th, and you're feeling like watching a pay-per-view tonight, Too well, late. you got, you got, uh, well, I mean, if they, you know, I don't know how late this is going out tomorrow, you know, seven, maybe they, seven o'clock as always. So, oh, you know. well, never mind then. Uh, well, f- f- fucking, uh, double or nothing and whatever the fuck. NXT if you skip to the end of these part. podcasts, just for this part. Absolutely, you you know, like any normal person does. Right. Anyway, so let's talk about the matches upcoming. The show's upcoming. Impact Impact Wrestling. Uh, you can watch that by the way on a weekly basis on Axis TV, or if you're a normal person who doesn't get that level of cable, um, you can watch it also on with a YouTube channel subscription. They air. I think they air that like it's like commercial free, but it starts like 30 minutes late or something, something like that. Anyway. Their upcoming show on June 9th against all odds. One of their Impact Plus shows. It's not a pay-per-view. It's on their streaming service. Uh, they have several, they they don't do a lot of pay-per-views anymore. They can't afford it. So they do like they fill in the blanks with those, right? And it is taking place in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, uh, yes. I have tickets to this. 
So He's I will be to going. To, I will be at the show and at the TV tapings the next night. Damn! So That's I'm very excited about that. Even as they are running an angle where Rosemary goes back to being a normal person and Jordan Grace is a free agent now, and it's like God. Damn it! Yeah, Austin talks nonstop about these two women and how he absolutely loves them, and they're two of his faves, and they're just like fucking it all up for him. And it's a Bully personal Ray attack. came back to help. Bully Ray came back. Title. No, this is the worst case fucking scenario right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. What? What? You were all, you were talking all that good shit, Austin, about like, oh, I'm so annoyed with. He a- hasn't with been WWE. back. I'm so annoyed with AEW. At least Impact has got nothing wrong that, that I could be up said about right now ha 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 bully ray is here this is he descends from the high horse with his head held low or like he descended from hell um but whatever i meant meant you i meant you but but Uh, yes uh, okay i thought you meant bully ray uh but whatever june 9th against all odds i'm sure it'll be a great show i'm excited to get it go anyway but you know minor disappointments minor disappointments you know if you see billy ray give him a good jeer for me um yeah i'll absolutely happy to tell bully ray he can fuck off forever fuck and, himself uh all right for aew there next up we already talked about the what we already talked about the weekly shows for aew mm-hmm. uh their next show on pay-per-view is june 25th Forbidden, Forbidden door. door. It's they're, gonna be sick. Their super show crossover with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, it is gonna be at least a week or so more before we really know what matches okay. these. Because N- New Japan's next big show is Dominion on the fourth. So we we still got a bit of waiting to do to, so we can get a good sense of where forbidden door is going to look like uh in the women's division though we are in a we bit of a know hell that Mercedes Monet will not be on <laughs> neither will jamie hater you know we were we were as we were all hoping for hater monet and then both of them get injured so never mind forbidden Wait, door season injured? yeah man her shoulders fucked and she's almost certainly dropping the title to tony because no yeah her sean ross sap reported like her injury is bad is she is her shoulders fucked and right now it's good enough that she can drop the belt legitimately but like everyone's like she's probably dropping to tony fuck me no and that and they didn't even give the fucking match to ruby fuck off yep them's them's the breaks it's why it's why jamie hate it's why jamie hater hadn't wrestled in a month is because she's her dude oh my fucking god they should have given it to why didn't they give the match to ruby tony's already had the belt or or soraya not soraya give it to give it to ruby soraya doesn't need the fucking belt she doesn't but she feels like the one most likely i feel like in a in the reality where jamie isn't hurt she's the most likely to have beat tony for it the soraya jamie for it yeah yeah whatever forbidden door be very exciting drinking haterade soon We'll probably get Kenny versus Osprey if Osprey isn't hurt. Yeah, well, that's kind of up in the air as well. Man, NJPW can't catch a break. Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. Though we can do that, right? They're we, good. There's no reason why finally, we can't Finally, we can that. finally do that. We don't got an early premiere Claudio Castagnoli this time around. Um, fucking, uh, fu- fucking, um. 
And, and goddamn, both members of Aussie Open are kind of hurt right now too, aren't they? Well, it's more that they're they just signed with AEW and they just left yeah, New I, Japan. So I just thought they I thought they were I thought they were. I hurt. think one I of thought, them is. I thought Kyle Fletcher. I think is Kyle fun. Fletcher was hurt. Um, he just wrestled Orange, so man, I think he's fine. Poor, poor TK, or yeah, the they're poor fucking poor NJPW though. Like they're just yeah. they're just catching strays left and right. Yeah. Okay. So that's up for AEW. Then for WWE, their next show is you know you can watch Raw on USA Network, SmackDown mm-hmm. on Fox. Uh, Mondays at eight for Raw, Fridays at at eight for SmackDown. And mm-hmm. for WWE, they're next going to London for Money in the Bank. MITB. Time of the year again. Oh, briefcase time. It's briefcase season. I do uh, love me some briefcases. We, you know, as usual, there'll be one Money in the Bank match for a world title match, one Money in the Bank for a women's title match. Could Cody finish his story? No. You're right. Why did I even suggest that? Why did I even I say that? You know, probably, Bro- you know, Brock Lesnar might do it with some shenanigans. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Because who the fuck? Actually, you know who might do it now that we know what's happened at Night of Champions? It might be fucking Jimmy Uso gets it. Oh, is that how they justify Jimmy beating Roman for the belts? Is they give him money in the bank? Yeah, they might just. Because I know people talked about how it'd be really shit for one of the Usos because they're just not at that level as singles guys to beat Roman after all this time. And what if that's how they did it? Yeah, yeah, no, I could very much see it being an MITB thing. <sighs> oh, no, I just made Austin really sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, did yeah. I just actually throw out a really depressingly plausible reality? I don't think they'll do it, but like, but who the they, fuck else? Like, cause I don't think, that, I don't think Cody does it. I don't think Cody does it. it. You were kind of in this place of like, do you want the money in the bank winner to cash in on Cody? Alternatively, do you want the money in the bank holder to cash in on Seth Rollins who won the belt today and will be the bet won the brand new title today and yeah, will be well, a I mean, champion if they, if for a that, month. Then whoever does it probably fucking loses. Yeah. They might have another fucking cat briefcase loser this yep. year. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, anyway. Anyway, that's what's the wrestling world today. Yay. I feel like no. we were not, I feel like we didn't enthusiastically talk. That's a pretty bad endorsement. Well, you know, look, wrestling's fun, we promise. Yeah. Don't let this entire episode This entire episode has been a bad if you were trying to sell someone on wrestling being worth getting into, this whole episode uh, was in fact uh, a noobs, bad endorsement. You n- noobs, you didn't hear this episode. You clicked it the wrong exist. one. Uh uh go go listen to I don't know, our glow episode, please, God. Uh <laughs> uh anyway, but yes. So that's what's going on. If you like listening to us ramble about this bullshit on podcasts, you'll enjoy it over on the Twitter too. Um, and you know, hopefully you have fun engaging in this mm-hmm. with with us, even if sometimes the shows themselves are lackluster. That's wrestling. Um yep. but it's also cool. We, we we swear to God. Um, but yes, yeah, so noobs at noobs and knox pod on Twitter. 
Of course, if you want to get in more long-form contact with us past those pesky character limits, uh, you can do so via our email address. You can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs and, the word and, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us. Tell us what you think about the show. Request things you want to see us cover on the show. Uh, tell us how based in Red Pill our hot takes are, or if we're just fucking idiots. Uh, I don't know. Start discourse with us. It's just say hi. We love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. And of course, finally, uh, you can also find us on Patreon. We have a Patreon account. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. The link for that is in our Twitter. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Shout-out, of course, to who else? Friend of the show, the Sugar Daddy, Kyle Smith, for being uh, uh, the the best patron one could ever ask for. Thanks for your support, buddy. Enjoy those perks. If you want to enjoy your perks along with our dear friend, Kyle, uh, be sure to uh to subscribe over on that patreon for just it's a sing just a singular little bone nice and nice and simple nice and easy but hey it helps us out tremendously more than you would even know you know just one person commits a bone then more people commit bones suddenly we got a lot of bones and we like bones don't we austin that's uh, that was a weird analogy you went for there don't worry about it i'm not gonna dignify it oh 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 that's unfortunate either way link for the patreon is in our twitter See y'all next time. Hasta luego.